0: A new podcast with today's guest al madrigal who has a showtime special airing this friday night cinco de mayo at nueve o'clock Called Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Make sure to put it in your DVRs. You can go to the Showtime app, as you know, if you're a fan of this podcast. You watched mine there. You can get a week free trial. All you got to do is put in an email, make it a password, and bam, you get the free Showtime app. I'm, I'm going to probably send Al Ma- that email. But Al Madrigal, real quick, we'll do the intro up front, and then we'll do tour dates so that you can hear the intro. And then if you want to skip my tour dates, like a fucking asshole, like a fucking selfish prick asshole. Then you can do that. Then you can just you know click that forward button like a fucking dick, like a piece of shit fucking dick. Then just hit that, that skip forward button, or you can listen to the whole thing. I'll try to make it entertaining. Al Madrigal is a comic that when I first heard of him was The Dude. By the way, this The Dude has been working consistently in this business since that day. He's been on I think nine sitcoms, he was on The Daily Show most recently, he is the founder of all things comedy, the thing I'll say about Al is the first time I heard about him, they were like, dude, you gotta watch this guy work, he's fucking phenomenal, he was a comedy store guy, he got seen by Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle brought him on the road, he got seen by Mitch Hedberg, Mitch Hedberg brought him on the road, he is fucking one of the coolest guys, he's the kind of guy that I remember well, like hanging out with him, he was the kind of guy that could, like if you, if you had a joint and you're passing around, he'd take a hit off a joint. And if you wanted to have a drink, you'd always have a drink with you. He was cool as fuck. And he never got faded. Although he says he did in the podcast, he says he does. But like every time I was with him, I was like, man, I wish I was more like that. He'd like take a couple of hits off the joint and just hang out. And his writing is phenomenal. It's, it really is. One of the few comics that I watched and was like, shit, man, I don't write at all. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm not that good at all. We did a, we talk about this all on the podcast. You're going to really love this podcast, but, uh, but yeah al is different than all of us comics i I will always say that because he is as talented as all of us but at the same time he is a guy who has a business acumen that is um above and beyond that's the reason he started all things comedy with bill burr trust me i love you bill but we all know that if it wasn't for al none none of that shit would have gotten done that's fucking al for you he's a getter he's a hard worker he's got like nine projects going on at any given time actually he says in this A great deal more than nine and uh and he's a father of two he's a great dad he's dialed in he coaches soccer he's just a fucking guy that is a comic you look up to i get a lot of guys that come back to the man cave and they always go wow you're like a real dad and i part of me goes i guess you've never been to al's for christmas eve because you go to al's at christmas eve and he's like clark griswold but mexican so um, (laughs) so and his family's the future his wife's korean he's mexican and that is what the world will look like one day his children they're We talk about all this, about being a dad, about doing the road, about partying, about fucking everything. This is a great podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. I'll say his name one more time, but right now is when I'm going to do tour dates. So don't skip ahead. Just listen. Because if you live in Detroit, then you already know that those shows at the Crowfoot Lounge are sold out this Thursday, May 4th. But if you live in Cincinnati, or better yet, Liberty Township, then you know that I have shows on the 5th and 6th of May in your city. I'll be doing Kid Chris in the morning, I hope. I really hope because I just announced it. So not super happy about that, that I should have checked. Kid Chris, will you please have me on your show? Thank you. Uh, um, I I got uh, the crapshoot comedy festival is happening in Vegas on the 19th. I know Tig's there, Nataro's there, Bronger's there, Sickler's there. The fucking list is insane of what co- all the comics at the Crapshoot Comedy Fest. I'm doing a po- live podcast in the afternoon and then a show that evening and then the next morning I'm getting on a plane and flying to Bisbee, Arizona where we are doing a show that evening, a live podcast, me and Stanhope on the 20th. I will be drunk. It will be chaos. It is sold out and then I'm gonna thinking about sticking around Bisbee for like a day or two to just fucking chill it's nice it kind of resets your your artistic clock to be around really original people and those people uh, that that compound is uh is uh, inspiring artistically to say the least um so yeah uh the blue note in hawaii May 31st I'll be at the store a bunch in May so always go to the comedy store uh, in May and stop by I do a lot of Tuesday night shows there because it's easier for my family I'll probably be doing maybe I'd like to do a weekend at the store I've never done a weekend at the store Um, oh Bill Burr and I are doing a show on the 10th of May at the comedy store so yes the 10th of May Bill Burr and I are headlining the main room so uh, co-headlining but I will probably be going first so go to them there the May tonight you're gonna it's too late I already did that show Uh, And that's the Blue Nut, and then I got Cobb's Comedy Club, the 9th and 10th of June, Um, Sacramento, Punchline, the 11th of June, Kansas City, Orlando, Cherokee Casino at the very end of the month, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Cleveland Hilarities in July, and big announcement, Australia, I'm coming in September, we're doing a tour in Australia, do I say we? It's just me, but I will be in Australia, we're doing a couple theaters, or maybe three theaters, three a gala I don't know what I'm doing but I just got the offer I'm announcing it the tickets aren't in sale maybe I should have waited but let's jump the gun boy do I have another bigger announcement that I think everyone's going to be jacking off over Uh, I think trust me. actually I have two big announcements that I know you guys are going to lose your fucking minds over and it's not me it's nothing big happened with my career but it's something I'm involved in that when you hear it you're going to go shut the fuck up I'm getting tickets for that Uh, so actually four things if you really think about it four things um, you know what, five things if you think about it, five things come to think of it, six things six things, still working on my scripted show, uh, we're breaking the story now, um, I have sold a couple things that uh, we should be shooting soon and I will announce those and uh, that's that really, I think, I wish I could keep up with you more, this is a long enough intro for no, someone that didn't have anything to promote let's pray to God I fucking did this right Anyway, today's podcast guest, like I said, has an hour special airing this Friday on Showtime. Cinco de Mayo at Nueve o'clock. So make sure to tune in. He is my good friend. He is a hilarious comic. He is a working actor, host, fucking podcaster, entrepreneur, dad, fucking all-around badass dude who can handle his alcohol. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my friend, Al Madrigal.
1: This
0: is overcast. So, wait, what? What do you mean you're waking up out of breath? Fully. Fully.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fully out of breath. Just really? Wake, wake up in the middle of the night. <sighs> really? Yeah.
0: Why are you wearing a Utah jazz hat? Because I was in Utah last week. Oh, okay. And I have a fucking big head. Uh, huge, what? Um. huge. Wait, word, so you just went to the doctor? Just left the doctor's office.
1: I had set up with three different referrals. The first one she set me up with was for a cognitive uh, behavioral therapist. Oh, she thinks it's panic attacks? I'm having... I've always had a problem. So <laughs> if you listen to the ATC live podcast that me and Bill Burr rarely do, yeah, he thinks I'm a crazy person. So he... And uh, that's crazy person.
0: I think... I, you know, it's so funny. You are someone that people talk about because you're an interesting fucking person. You're well, very different than the average comic. I have a business background that people like to think of me
1: as, like, a normal dad type, normal guy. I certainly bounce into that way more. I'm finding myself starting to like hanging out with the normal dads that I hang out with just as much as I do the comics. And uh, I could see myself transitioning away from the comics and comedy clubs. I'm going through a whole fucking crisis right now that I could talk to you about. Really? But— It's a problem. Like I feel, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm up in the middle of the night for two hours. Okay, starting at about two a.m., three a.m., I'll wake up and I'll wake up going, (laughs) (laughs) like fucking freaking out. And I thought it was my heart. Yeah. And it turns out, do you get physicals? This is I just left one.
0: No, but I mean, do do you get physicals once a year?
1: Once a year, okay, yeah, okay. So blood work. She goes, nothing's going on with your blood pressure. You're totally cool. By the way. I highly recommend this for every single guy in my age. Hot doctor. Oh, I have a tiny, <laughs> ugly Jewish one.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Woman or a, a man or a woman? Let's shut this door. pressure washing something. No, it's all right. Um, so I leave my hot doctor. Yeah. And she, she's great, but she basically says, You're, everything looks good. But we're going to send you in for all your blood work. You get a PSA test. My dad died of cancer in June, uh, June 5th of last year. And he had cancer all over his entire body. He was given five months to live seven years ago. Really? So he just was a trooper and stuck it out. was in horrible pain. My dad's best friend was a pain management guy. So my dad's best buddy was a physician that was a pain blocker. So he's like, trust me, you'll never suffer. You're good. My dad had Oxycontin lollipops. You know all that shit that Michael Jackson died of? My dad had like Listerine <laughs> tabs in this Yeah. Like, yeah, so he was good, but he yeah. was in a tremendous amount of pain. So I have a history of heart disease, cancer. I feel like I'm going to fucking die because I flip out, and that's what Bill makes fun of me for is I sort of flip out. I do. I, I, if I see bullshit— like, I'm not happy-go-lucky. Like, I envy you so much because oh, you're such a jolly fucking guy. I'm a fucking mess.
0: <laughs> I'm a mess. I, I have a thing. I just talked to Soder about this. Is I had, by the way, the greatest weekend with Dan Soder. We were doing different clubs in the same city. Oh, that's I did that with him in Vancouver. I was shooting a TV show, and he was in Vancouver, and I hung out with him all fucking weekend. Yeah, and he, we talked. We It was so nice. We talked just bullshit gossip for fuck literally six hours. So people don't realize that when you're a comedian and <clears throat> you travel to
1: another city and then you look up who's at the other club. I've had this happen with Nick
0: Thune spent all weekend with yeah. and with Dan Soder. Just I had you- Thune on the podcast last week. Nick Thune I got a kick out of. Nick, it is one of my, It might be my most memorable podcast I'll ever have because we walk in and he just pulls that Kettle One bottle off there and he goes, I'm going to need a pull to just straighten out a little bit this morning and just takes a pull off of it. And I was like, all right, all right let's Nick have a Thune.
1: drink. <laughs> Nick Thune, this is uh, goes perfectly in line with what we were talking about in terms of me flipping out. Me and Nick Thune are in Atlanta at a bar and we're standing there minding our own fucking business. And some guy walks up. Out of nowhere Drunk guy Yeah And takes Nick Thune's shirt And tussles it a little bit Like he just He grabs the collar And he flips it around And I look at the guy And then I look at Nick And I'm like What the fuck was that Are You gotta let another what, what man is he doing? Yeah why is he touching Why is this guy touching you oh. And Nick goes You know I just had a I just had a baby I'm not gonna You know He's a drunk guy yeah. I'm letting it go I'm not gonna yeah. get in a fight In an Atlanta bar And I'm like That was weird there's yeah. I if somebody comes up and touches me, I don't know if I'm that cool. So then, we're hanging out outside, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, drinking, uh, you know, comics on the road. All of us, yeah, I don't, uh, we were drinking heavily. Yeah, outside bar. Girls came from the show. Like Johnny Sanchez was featuring for me, <laughs> so fucking Johnny's there. It was like just a really good time. Yeah, and then. The same guy comes again and he walks up and he gets Nick's hair, he puts his hand in Nick's hair and starts rubbing around in his hair. And I look at the guy and I go, I grab my beer mug. Like one of those things where you're gonna fucking yeah. just punch somebody in the face with the beer mug. And I pick it up and I go, You better get the fuck out of here or else there's gonna be a problem. And then his friends come rushing over and he goes, so a problem here? Like that, and I go, yeah, there's a fucking problem here. Your buddy needs to fucking sit the fuck down or he's going to get this fucking glass in his face. Like that. and Poor Nick is like, ow, oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's my hair. And I don't know why. It's I my hair. It. But I go to fucking, like, I picked up a, fo- uh, dude, I was in. Fuck, I was having a slice of pizza after shows in San Francisco. I've never told anybody this story. And fucking this guy was fucking, they were drunk, and he was nudging me. And his girlfriend saw me pick up my fucking uh, a fork. Yeah. Like I was just going to fucking prison style and fucking just jab him. Fuck. And I really felt like I was going to. My wife – this is all it was. I'm going to see a therapist about all this shit. And I wake (laughs) up in the middle of the night breathing heavy because I imagine myself in fights. I was walking through the Glendale Galleria with my wife and – This guy, like, this is an Armenian punk who's walking towards us. And I had a daydream about him hitting my kids and and doing something to my wife. And I grabbed my wife's hand and then I clenched my other fist. And she goes, Oh my God, you just thought about killing that guy, didn't you? And I go, Yeah, I did. I'm so sorry. (laughs)
0: Like, I'm just like, Is there a way out of this? I mean, is, is is it conditioning? I don't know
1: what happened to me. I don't know if any of this is real. I'd really... Again, I've never been... I've choked a couple people yeah. in college. Like, I saw this guy was, like, fucking harassed. Like, really, like, date rapey situation where this guy yeah. was really fucking fucking with this chick. And he was much bigger than I am. And I went straight for his fucking throat. And I started choking him until people pulled me off. I was on the road with Doug Benson... And we were in Detroit doing a High Times comedy tour. Yeah. Where this is how long ago T.J. Miller was a new Chicago comic talking about how he was going to move to L.A. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So me and Doug are on the road. High Times comedy tour. And we're in a pool hall slash rock club that it was just one of the worst shows I've ever done. Doug Benson did two minutes and walked off stage. I did my full 25 and I'm closing. And I go, if you guys could just shut the fuck up. I go, I'm just going to finish. You down front. If you could just be quiet, I'm just going to do my closer and get the fuck out of here. This yeah. is a horrible gig. You know, I just say, I go, let me just do my last five. <laughs> and he goes, don't mind me. Just do your jokes. Just do your jokes. And gives me that hand thing of like, yeah. just get out of my face. <laughs> and I looked at him and I go, all right, fucker. I go, I'm going to finish. My act and then I'm gonna come down there and I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> I was just so irritated with everything that's going on. I'm gonna finish my act. And, and my shit sure says piano. That's that yeah, no. things more time. Thanks. It was it was kid material. That's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. Is that fucking it was just like this bit about um yeah, my kids A big fucking closer? Put the mic in the mic stand, march down there, grab the guy by the back. He didn't know. He was shocked. I grabbed the guy by... The shirt. Sure, that's another thing that people don't realize. Like I play these meat characters and I hide well, but I'm fucking 190 pounds. Like I fucking like <laughs> I go to the gym almost constantly. Like I fucking grabbed a dude and I dragged his ass into the pool hall and I fucking I said I warned you motherfucker and I fucking just started choking him. <laughs> and then the bouncer and, <gasps> like that. and everybody playing pool like barely flinched. Like it's Detroit oh. pool hall. Yeah, and nobody like oh, somebody else is getting choked over there. <laughs>
0: they so, even raise an eyebrow, yeah, exactly.
1: And then uh, the bouncer came running up. The promoter came running up, laughing. I hear Doug say, "If <sighs> anybody else fucking makes another sound, I'm walking away." Somebody goes, <laughs> "He's like fuck,"
0: oh, he just walks off. Doug's G. got it. Doug's got a, a trigger uh, temper. Like he has no patience for that shit. But. He shouldn't because, and now he's in a spot, and you're in a
1: spot, and Segura's in a spot, and everybody. What comics want to get to is they want to get to a place where their people come to see them. Yeah, and you and I have been at this a long time, and we've say we've been through. That's the trials of a comic. Is like no one knows who you are, and then you have some credits enough to get booked as a headliner at these comedy clubs. And still, people don't really know who you are. Yeah. They just see a bunch of things, and then they come, and some people know. So maybe 30% of the people know who you are. Yeah. And the rest are there just to see comedy. Or maybe they even paper the room. And it's a fucking disaster. Like, I've had instances, if there were uh, fucking camera, I'm sure there's got to be phone video of Ooh. me losing
0: my shit. I've, I have a f- couple of those before f- cell phones of me falling apart. I have the exact opposite problem that you have. Um, actually, Dan and I were talking about this this weekend. I'm such a nice guy that I feel like I get taken advantage of a lot. Like, by the club owner and by an audience. By anybody. Like, I, I actually, I, my whole thing has always been do the show, do the meet and greet, and then drink with the audience. Like, stay at the club and drink or go meet everyone at a bar. And I think I'm I'm done doing it for the rest of my life. I think I just officially stopped. I was in Buffalo. And some
1: lady, I go out. I rarely go out. I go out to the bar. Uh, I think I was selling something at the time. So I had a bunch of CDs. I sold them. And then people are hanging out. I have such a weird group of people. Right before we started this podcast, I was talking about to you. I I have a special coming out on Friday. Yeah. Might be it. Pretty good, solid chance that this... My, I'm done. I'm walking away. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> let me tell you why. Too. Why? So, so I'm at this fucking Buffalo Club. Yeah. And this is a while ago, but I'm standing there. And the bartender knew what I was drinking, and a lady walks up, and I drink a variety of things. I'll pretty much drink anything. I'm not a big Scotch fan, but I see all the bur- – I love bourbon. Yeah. You know I own part of a distillery.
0: Yeah, you got, did that with the Daily Show guys, right? Yeah, I got I to gotta
1: get you a I think you bottles. got me a, uh, a re- bottle. I'll, 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 bring, I'll get more sent to Yeah, please. Van Brunt's still a house. It's, uh, it's great stuff. So I'm there. I'm drinking a VO Press, which is uh, Seagram's VO. Yeah. Uh, ginger ale and splash of soda with a little bit. It's a drink of uh, lemon twist. You can drink 19 of those things. It's the best drink ever. It's yeah. an old man drink. I was at a wedding when I was 21 years old. This guy, Nick Sapinar, his old guy, old grandfather, uh, uh, guy is my best friend's grandfather. He came up to the bar and he goes, I need five veal presses. <laughs> and I go, what is that? Make it six. You're going to order five of a drink. I'll yeah. take one. And he goes, kid. It's the only drink you ever need to drink for the rest of your life. And I, I like, gotta well, have one. I'm tonight. in. <laughs> like that's yeah, fucking delicious. It's like drinking. Um. Uh. 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 It's refreshing. Like just fucking. It's what's it called? A well, press? it's a press. It's a Presbyterian. It, you can make a press out of anything. So you take any sort of hard liquor. Distill. You can take a bourbon. You can make one with bourbon. And you take a little bit of ginger ale in a bourbon press or Presbyterian. You put, I think, a little bit of bitters as well. Yeah. And uh, it's with a lemon and with a little dash of club soda. And it's fucking refreshing. So if you go to, like, Musso and Frank's or an old school place and say, I need a Presbyterian, the bartender or the fucking guy will look at you just like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. This oh, is an
0: old... Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, you know, the, very seldomly do I get inspired to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you already got it. Oh, I was like, I'm not going to drink tonight. Now I'm definitely getting a VO Press. VO
1: Press, man. Uh, cl- uh, ginger Ale. Canadi- uh, Canada Dry. Yeah. So, not Schweppes. And then um dash of club soda and uh, a little bit of lemon. I can just... The best warm weather drink, or if you really know you're going to drink a lot of something... You want to go with that? Because we, we started, um, I grew up in San Francisco in North Beach.
0: Wait, hold on. What happened with the, oh, with the lady? Tell me what happened with the lady. Oh, fuck it. I'll go
1: off on tangents left or right. Um, I'm sad at the bar, the lady comes brings a VO press over. And she goes, here, I got this drink for you. I bought you a drink. And I go, lady, you didn't have to buy me a drink. I drink for free. Yeah. That's no big deal. And she started going on and on how she had a horrible week And she started talking to me because she felt like... She, I owed her the time because she bought me the drink, and she even said as much. I go, well, nice talking to you, ma'am. I'm going to go settle up here and talk to – it's Friday. Yeah. I got to go uh, settle up with the club real quick. She goes, I bought you that drink, and you were going to talk to me because I deserve that. And she was a little oh, t- fucking nutbag. So I took $20 out of my pocket, and I go, here you go. <laughs> now you didn't buy me a drink. Like that, and I fucking walked away. See,
0: that's the difference between me and you. I end up sitting there and taking an <laughs> ear beating all fucking night. There were these two guys, very nice in Calgary, um, very nice. I think one might—I'm uh, not really certain—but the one of the guys would just wouldn't. He literally—he I, I, almost got in the car when I was—I walked out of the bar and then got in a car, and he almost walked in the car. He almost got in the car. He—he he, and I—I he, I was like, "Hey, man, I gotta go," but like, I feel like I feel like. You're very accessible.
1: You put, you have this podcast and you have, you know, you, we were talking about the special and we, you, you had yours on Showtime and I have mine coming up on Showtime. We were talking about shit that you should do. And you go, dude, you got to put out a video every day. Yeah. I would never do that. I know it's <laughs> like fucking, I am the worst. Like oh. I just announced the 49ers draft pick. Uh, uh, disorder. told you that yeah. I was in the war room with the 49ers before, at, during their draft, during it. Not after, fucking not, like up, in the middle of it, up. and I didn't take. I'm just realizing this. I didn't take one fucking picture <laughs> the entire time I was there.
0: Yeah, but that's what you're supposed. You're supposed to be like you. You're supposed to be like you. I someone the other day was. Uh... I really am
1: true to like. I can't. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I feel like I'm in and having an experience, and I'm just gonna have it. And I'm going to walk away like that. And then this special, I feel like this, I long for the old days of being a stand-up comic where you just, it was pre-phones where you had material come out and people found it and passed it along to their friends. And now we can give them the nudge. Yeah. And I certainly am doing something that you recommend is I'm putting shit on Facebook. Yeah. Um, But
0: I'll post something on my Facebook. Oh, thanks, we'll we'll, We'll shoot a video uh, today and I'll post it I'll post it uh, well, I'll, I can post it today but, but anyway, Facebook's been the biggest turnout for me yeah I'm bad at marketing myself and that's the other thing is like why I'm
1: thinking about calling it quits is because I go to the comedy clubs and I just feel like I've sort of I haven't got the people there to 100% see me it's, uh, that's
0: this special will do that this showtime special has been really fucking helpful like it's it's I I, th- I think if I hadn't This special probably changed the scope of my career in that, and and I I think it performed mediocrely on Showtime, but the clips and it being online and in with the notoriety of it being like a Showtime special, I think it fucking everyone found it. That's awesome, and that's just and you gotta oh. let you gotta let people rip it. Put it, don't let your lawyer convince you or your agents to let the don't let them put it on YouTube. Let them put it on YouTube. This oh, fucking sure. Vietnamese guy did the most brilliant thing. He put it on YouTube. It's and then he just titled it "Funny Naked Man Talking," and. And Because I'm shirtless And it fucking got a ton of views Hey, uh, if that Vietnamese guy Could
1: do the same thing for me i
0: him up My lawyers <laughs> have his number <laughs> <laughs> hey, They funny... made him take it down like three times I go, stop
1: If you liked funny naked guy talking
0: You're gonna <laughs> love it <laughs> What's the name of your special? It's called Shrimpin' and Easy Oh, I, wait, did I see a billboard for that? I doubt it <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's no way you saw a billboard for that. If I long, you did, I'd
0: be fucking shocked. And no one's even talking. I long for the times where um, where stand up wasn't about promoting. Yeah, I hate. Like someone said to me. Well, what advice would you give a young comic? Uh, my advice would be: Are you interested in starting a production company? Yeah, because that is what you're starting. You're not just doing stand up anymore. You are. You need to learn uh, Photoshop because you got to. Oh take, man, take if your you, face and put it on Gilligan's if you face. Are,
1: if you were a young comedian please take a social media marketing class right now. Take a – you need to be a digital marketer. You need to also have some fucking great desktop skills or your best friend does because yeah. they need oh, you to You need do Adobe that Photoshop.
0: <laughs> you got like, like – I'm, I'm amazed at all the fucking hats I wear, like just – and I'm a little obsessive-compulsive, so I won't let people uh, – Shoot, I do everything myself because I want to be able to. Like, if something goes wrong, I want to be able to fix it. I want to take blame for it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I this past weekend is the best I've ever done in stand up in a very what long city time. Was this? Calgary. Oh and it was, no shit! And it was because I was hanging out with Dan all day, all day, like we'd go to lunch at noon and we'd stay there till four, and I just talked and I went, "Fuck, man, I'm." This is what I miss about the one thing I miss about New York is sitting outside the comedy club with comics. No one's looking at their phone. I mean, this is, isn't is unachievable now, but we would just sit out there and bullshit and just break balls. Patrice fucking one of the best parts about stand-up comedy is the hang
1: yeah and with hanging out with comics the comedy store is this sort of secret back bar place that's fantastic i'm gonna be there tomorrow night yeah are you were you you at the store this week i didn't call in because i have too much it's too crazy it's uh i'm shooting a pilot
0: that's the other thing it's like other ass let's so let's let's just real quick how many fucking things do you have going on right now You've got your special coming out? I am no joke. This is there's a list and I'm I'm I could
1: run through everything but it's a little too crazy. I have made a list with Rachel Garcia. Yeah. And it's 29. And I'm not even joking like into, that's so funny you? is that uh, people were tweeting after I did this 49ers thing and so he's like uh, this guy hasn't done anything in fucking 3 years. How does he get a chance to uh, which is like oh I I don't need to. I don't reply to anything really. <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> this guy hasn't done anything in three years. They're out of their fucking mind. Well, so people how many have idea. S-
1: how many how many sitcoms have you been on? This is uh, I'm dying up here is number ten. Wow! And, and then, four of those have gone to air. And I'm about a boy went to season two, and then I did Daily Show for five and a half years. You did it with John Stewart, right? All John Stewart, yeah. And then,
0: and you then now you're doing I'm dying up here.
1: Which is, it comes out on June 4th. It's a show about stand up in the 70s. I love Com- that commercial. book. Dude, I love that It was book. a
0: crazy fucking
1: time. If people don't know what we're talking about, there's a book by the same name, and that's what they optioned. But Jim Carrey basically started showing up at the comedy store and cast a bunch of us. I got put in it, and Eric Griffin's in it. Uh, Chito Santino? Santino's in it
0: and santino that's my favorite was... twitter name by the way cheeto santino yeah. that's my favorite twitter he... i just met him the other night like really? I, I, yeah yeah well, i think i've probably met him or i've run into him but i just made like a formal introduction where i was like was he on the podcast no he's coming on uh, in a couple of weeks oh I great i think no uh, yeah he's coming on in a couple weeks to talk about i'm dying up here too right or no i think no i think we're just doing a podcast oh, okay. but, i mean we'll definitely talk about i'm dying up here but uh yeah that's i'm really looking forward to that show you eric cheeto uh, and then Dom is
1: in it. Earl Skakel's in it. Jerron's in it. Judy Gold is in it. I'm just really running down the comics as far as actors. Melissa Leo, who's in the Fighter, she won the Oscar for Best Actress in oh, the yeah. Fighter. And um, Jim Carrey produces. And then just a shitload of great actors: Clark Duke and uh, Michael Angarano. Uh, Michael Angarano. You just you could look that up. It's just a huge What's list. What's
0: the of, premise of I'm dying up here? Like, what is the, how that? How are they structuring it? Is it around the strike? It's the whole scene we'll lead up to that, but it's a
1: stand-up comedy scene in L.A. in 1973. Richard Pryor and right next to him, a guy who could not afford a sandwich and was sleeping in his car who was just as funny. And that was like just desperation of you only had three different outlets uh, in terms of networks for stand-up. Johnny Carson set could make you famous and everyone was fighting to get on all these other shows, Midnight Special, and stand-up was became a huge thing, and stand-up comedians got to go on all these shows. But then on the Sunset Strip, you had drugs everywhere, whores, you know, tranny yeah. hookers fucking running
0: around, and it was... Uh, As you said that, I thought, you know what's interesting is our social media presence, our marketing, our the way we're doing it is simply a... Um, a reaction to the fact that there were only a few outlets for comics for a long time. And then comics like Dane just were like, fuck it. I'll make my own path.
1: Yeah. And then, which is perfect, you know, leads to what is taking a majority of my fucking time is uh, All Things Comedy. All Things Comedy. That's my that's my label. And so um, we... It's my click. <laughs> Your click. Uh, I'm going to announce this here, and I just—I actually texted you because I was like, "Are you around? I want—I need to talk to you about something." We just got some money. Yeah. We just got a lot of it. Really. Yeah, and we're all things comedy is getting this website redone right now. But we're going to start making video. I got that. I got that email from Oscar. About all the things the in the fire. Yeah. yeah, it's going down. It's fucking, And this is something I've been talking about for years and something me and Bill Burr came up with. And I've been busy with all this other shit, but really trying to nurture this company along because we should own all of our own content. We just should distribute all of our own content. You know, like these comedy dynamics and all these comedy club owners. And we're just, everyone's getting fucked so hard. You have no idea how much a creator gets fucked uh, because yeah. you can't... There's a big reward at the end of this when they know that you're the decision... You know, you're calling shots and you're Kevin Hart. Things are fantastic. If you are you are in demand and you have multiple suitors, good for you. Yeah. But if you're a very funny comic and you've got middling success just because it just, you know, dice, man. <laughs> like, you get a Netflix special... Dice like that. You get cast in Saturday Night Live. I can dice come up. Leslie Jones is tolling around for a long fucking time (laughs) before, you know, she got on to SNL. So we have tons of comics that we're friends with that we know are hilarious. Um, I'm going to name a couple. Like, we're going to do news. Michael Costa, I think, is one of the funniest fucking dudes I've ever come across. Yep. And he doesn't have anything right now.
0: And so, anyway, we just want to start making shit. And so we, the most talked about thing everyone always asks me is when's that cooking show coming out? There, people can't guys, to see it. Can I, I, showed, I showed the. What? I just want to say straight to camera. Oh, yeah. We did a cooking show called
1: Something's Burning with Bert. <laughs> We had recipe ideas that we were trying to concoct. We couldn't find any of the ingredients. I finally talked to his buddy who's the chef,
0: who was Carl. Yeah, Carl Ru- Ruiz, the mad Carl mad Ruiz,
1: Cuban. the mad Cuban. Fucking, We were just on the phone as I was walking around a Korean supermarket. <laughs> He's like, put this in your cart. Okay, go find some of this. Go find yeah. some of this. And he helped me make a sauce. I mean, my
0: wife had the idea for the sauce. I'm, by the way, you know, can I tell you this? I made those nachos. Uh, for my family the next, night, the next night. Without the fish. Without the fish. Yeah. I made those not, those exact, I had the rest of the pork butt. And I had the things, and I made those, and everyone fucking lost their mind. It was great. Um, so we made a show called Something's Burning,
1: and Tom and Bill were stoked because they were in and out. Bert, hilarious, not a sanitary cook. Not a sanitary cook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I showed it to Leanne. And, uh, cause they, we have a, it's not even a string out. We just have a straight shot of it. Oh, they, like, sent, yeah.
1: they sent you something. I didn't yeah. even, I haven't seen that even. Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. saw,
0: it, I sent it to Leanne. And What'd she say? She goes, uh, typically, she goes, I don't get it. You're not a cook. I go, yeah, I know. She goes, what? I said, yeah, how many times did you laugh? She goes, I laughed hysterically. I said, that's what it is. It's just comics hanging out. Yeah. Look who gives a fuck. I go, if you learn something about she goes she go, I go, if you learn something about cooking, fantastic. But really, it's just fucking fun. You know what the takeaway from that is that sauce. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: the takeaway. <laughs> the if you're gonna take away so, anything yeah. is that sauce was just so easy to make. Dear. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the thing, is that no other cooking show would have the you know, in it terms of the laughs so and the content fucking going on. fun. And then we shot comedians playing poker, poker? I want to see that. Oh, it's good. I'll send you a link. Yeah. The four of us still know how to play poker. <laughs> I got drunk before we started. Like I I'm not the drunk you are. I'm, i I quiet up. Like I'm just there fucking laughing at everybody. Bobby Lee and Bill have a to watch this show just for the relationship that Bobby Lee has with Bill Burr is worth it alone. Yeah. They have a weird thing. I captured it a while ago in the green room, and it started when Bill first moved to L.A. He came into the comedy story, and he's in the comedy store, and Bill overheard Bobby and Bill he didn't even know this. I mean, Bobby didn't know this, but Bill overheard Bobby say, I don't want Bill to, I don't want to follow Bill Burr because he was a poppin'. Yeah. And um, then walked up to Bill and said, when you going up? And Bill looked at him like, you little fucking rat. You already know when I'm going up, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, fucking, you just talked to the guy about it, overheard. <laughs> like, fucking, and then you're gonna come ask me? Like, yeah. it's fucking hey they can just immediately and bill does the same thing i do which is go straight to dead to me yeah like one little character fuck up little snake move like
0: that ooh mm. dead he told me about one i won't i won't share it but i was i was Coming like after. yeah i'm sure i know it yeah, yeah i think you know it and i i just like he's like that though he's he's an he's he's a regular person yeah you, you know
1: so, and that's the other thing that brings us back to where we started in the first place. It's just with all this stuff going on and when you have kids and stand up, and that's another thing that I'm sure you see because you have two lovely girls and who I just saw are getting so big. I saw them at the uh, comedy jam taping. They were sitting over to my right.
0: Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, So fucking, uh, I, I'm having a problem with them getting up, getting older. Like it's just, I'm like, I want, I want to start all over. I want to have a new family. I want to How start. I want, to, I want babies again. I have an 11 year old girl. Yeah, and a f- almost
1: 15 year old son, Lorenzo, who came over the yep. house when you had a birthday party. Um, we just had something come up for Valentine's Day that made me very worried about what's going down because uh, one of the families came up, nice family, yeah, and had a big heart shaped sees candy box but you know if you have a kid they do valentine's just like when we were little you get the ones you buy you write the names on them my wife goes overboard I married half Korean Martha Stewart who makes her own online and <laughs> fucking does a thing and it's got a theme everybody gets unique she out moms everybody it's yeah. a gigantic pain in the ass and so deliver everyone gets the same thing five girls in the fifth grade got special gifts One dude, who looks like Danny Zuko, uh, brought fucking Uh a girl, a teddy bear. Nice one. Plush. And then another guy brought something else and something else. So they had all, it's collusion for me because they all picked girls. Yeah. And my daughter got, again, a $30 box of seeds. Yeah. The note says from, and then the lady hands it to my wife. This is from the family. wink. Wink. They're eleven-year-old girls. Yeah. So I go up to the teacher, and I call her over, and I go, "You hear about all these special gifts?" And she goes, "No, I don't." I go, "Yeah, five different special gifts." And I said, "You've been teaching fifth grade for a long time. Has this ever happened before?" And she goes, "Not at all. No, it's unprecedented." Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I go, "Well, this is too soon." Yeah. But you better get a handle on it. Oh. And I walked away <laughs> like she's like, "I'm going to." That's the problem. So she had to call all the boys in and tell them to ease the fuck up. Yeah. Because if see people start picking girls like I don't want my daughter to have like some dude you know, especially a ten and eleven is too much. It's too crazy. Oh, My my older one is
0: I don't know. No phone yet though, right? No, they, oh, they both have phones. What? Yeah, they both have phones. Why? Uh
1: why? Why? There's no reason. You can't give me a reason.
0: I don't know. They, no, they you p- got to get a hold of him. No, you don't. You borrow every borrow a phone. Yeah. If there's a problem, she's she'll call at like four o'clock to pick her up from school. She'll call. She'll be like, "I'm ready. I've got cooking class. I'm ready." Yeah, they, Leanne got them both phone. They both have phones, and then are they on apps? Are they on to Snapchat? Uh, and, we just had a real big shakedown because I posted a video to promote. Um, a, the Calgary show mm-hmm. and uh, and it was me working on the back and then I walk away and I'm oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all my kids friends were on Facebook and Instagram and I, my wife's like you gotta take it down I was like no just get them to fucking not follow me like how come why why is it like they, they shouldn't be in the world like that they shouldn't be seeing things like that but like I'm doing it because it's funny and that's what I do for a living and so Leanne's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I don't. It's it just sucks. that, like now you're in a place in life where I guess that's why you don't have kids. I guess that's you know.
1: Well, that's where we have a lot of friends that don't have kids, and their lives are, you know, so interesting that you know, comics can just hang out all night. You know, in terms yeah. of and they can do all that shit. They could post anything they want. They they can say anything they want. I have this 15 year old son. Where I know for a fact that was happening and I anticipated it was happening. And even then, I don't talk about it really any sex stuff in my act. I swear in my act, whatever. But I just like I don't talk about my wife in a gross way or anything like that. (laughs) I used to. Actually, I used to. Before I was aware of it, I had a joke about how my wife uh, post-second kid because she breastfed. Now her tits, like one looks like a man's wallet, and the other one looks like a leather satchel you might see at a renaissance fair after it was dropped by a falcon at a high altitude. And, uh, <laughs> I, can, and, like, and I do this, like, bleh, like yeah. these flappy <laughs> bee tits. And, uh, and I can't, you know, now my kids have access to this, like, but they're, you know what, they're not that interested.
0: Yeah, that's the interesting thing is that they really, do, I, my kids could give two shits about... Georgia said to me about my special, she said, hey, can I watch your special? I was like, I think to yeah. a part. So I watched the beginning of it, and immediately she's like, yo, has Isla seen this? Because I'm talking about Isla. I'm, I'm talking about Isla right now. Isla, my new hour, I have 22 minutes about her. Like, And I'm like, I got to cut it down so that it's not just an act about this one child that happens to be different. I
1: make fun of my son in this special nonstop because my son, it was like he was a good athlete, but now he became like a mediocre athlete because everyone got huge and he's just. Yeah, my son scored thirty-four points in a basketball game once. Really? Yeah, at ten years old. Don't fuck with Lorenzo. Like he was bad. Yeah. It's like he just schooled people, made all the shots. He was the guy. Everyone grew. He did not confidence, got shot, and now he's actually picking it up again. Like, this kid, I went to go play with him the other day, made eight three-pointers in a row. Just, Really? Woof, 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 dropping like Steph Curry style. I'd just be hitting in so line. much
0: better shape if I had a son. <laughs> yeah. Just I'd go. fucking do shit all the time with him.
1: Yeah, we could do My daughter plays uh, club volleyball. You should go have him do shit like that.
0: My daughters are so fucking lazy. Really? Uh, the, the only thing they do is softball. We go out in the front yard and with wiffle balls and we'll We'll play like so that. that's fucking volleyball net. Oh, bla- like, that's badminton. We're playing badminton every day. That's the worst volleyball net I've ever seen. And then yeah. I saw it was it's always uh, badminton. Yeah, badminton is. Uh, but my daughters are even horrible at that. They're just <laughs> uncoordinated. That's funny. Isla, Isla, today uh, we're riding her bikes to school, and she fucking ran into you know, <laughs> you know, how like you hit uh, rearview mirrors with your car. Yeah, in, in Hollywood, I I, Isla hit it with her, her bike handle. I did that drunk
1: in college. <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about that. You talk about hitting the bike handle. You talk about them being weird and awkward down there watching the special. And, you know, my son, I invited him to come with me to the special and he had to do something else. He's like, I can't go. And he didn't care. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't give a shit about mentioning them too much. Are there, are, funny there, are there
0: Hollywood kids? Are there any actors at your kid's school?
1: Renazzisi's kids. That's it. Really? So
0: we moved
1: to. That's why I live in Pasadena. Yeah, I love your house because we don't want there to be. My wife has this thing where she says, "I love our school because we're the biggest assholes there." Yeah. We don't. I don't want my kids to have be with any other actor kids.
0: There's not many. I don't think there's many in our school. I don't think so.
1: But you go. The problem is, is that you go to some of these schools and they're dying and like keep up with you know uh, Steve Carell's kids. Yeah, they flew him on a plane and they went to go see a Knicks game in Madison Square Garden, whatever.
0: She, and it's she, like, yeah, I can't compete with that. Do you remember Elizabeth Porter? Yeah, she ran Comedy Central for sure. a long time. Um, I took a meeting with her the other day, and she was like, "Oh, she was talking about they have a kid. Her and her husband. Her husband's a comedy writer." And she's like, I go, do you guys have... They live in Silver Lake. I go, do you guys have uh, any other actors? She goes, oh, my God. And listed off the fucking writers that all do drop off they do like safety valet and i was like i couldn't go to that school i'd be so fucking intimidated yeah i'd be like the whole time i'd be like no but i just don't want my kid to keep compete with their kids i don't want my kids to yeah they grow up
1: too fast i think i don't want my kids doing blow at 13 either or at half you know how like that rihanna half shaved head thing oh like i'm not doing that i'm not i want my kids to have normal backgrounds and then they can just rebel against whatever they want their life is already too weird You know, they just they'll come over and like a Christmas party is like you, Rory Scovel, you know, like all these, you know, just comedy friends and people are all fucking around and they'll see everybody on TV and they don't even think anything of it. And I think that's strange. That's another thing. I saw
0: my daughters love the the show. Good luck, Charlie. And uh, and so that I'm having. Earth Conquers, or I think, premiering or trip flip. One shum premiering, we're having a premiere party. And the, the dad from Good Luck Charlie shows up to the thing. And the so, big blonde yeah, guy. Big, yeah. yeah, he was the one in uh, True Romance. I'm yeah. shot, man. <laughs> and so I said, dude, I go, do you mind? I go, I got to introduce you to my daughters. And he's like, I don't mind. So I go, girls, come over here. I said, this is my buddy. I want to introduce you. And they're like, yeah. I go, all right. And then Georgia goes, are we done? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, okay, and leaves. So I go over to. her. I go, hey, that's you knew your who favorite that was? show, motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah. she goes, yes, yeah, the dad from Good Luck Charlie. I said, yeah, you, aren't you like? Didn't you want to say something? She goes, no. I go, aren't you impressed that you the guy your favorite show? That's the dad. She goes, dad, he's just on TV. It's not a big deal. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Yep. I was like,
1: fuck. Same exact thing. Is that um, so? Anyway, I like having kids and doing stand-up comedy it's it's really is a young even though you see all these old comics yeah it's a young man's game but it, it to go out
0: and fucking be out on a tuesday and just do it's it so nonsense. fucking hard how do you do it i talked to Fitzsimmons about it Fitzsimmons like no i just i don't wake up until noon or until 10 the kids go to school he goes i'm a comic i stay out at night that's my job oh, he goes, see, i don't do that i don't do that either I'll I call in sparingly like I will call in I'll do Tuesday nights if that but if I'm on the road I won't work that week like I'm really hard how do you do it I wake up I just
1: take a lot of vitamin b12 Rogan told me that I told him I was getting tired in the afternoons and he thinks I have a vitamin d deficiency (laughs) so (laughs) he got me taking like a multivitamin around 3 p.m. every day yeah and uh Yeah, I just really try to fucking go for it, and I don't. That's the other thing is I don't sleep until ten. I don't take fucking naps.
0: What's your day look like? What 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 time do you wake up? So I woke up today at five
1: forty-five in the morning. I have a son to wake up who has to make it to a bus by six forty. So I know he likes to sleep in until like six ten, six o five. So I start turning on lights, make coffee. Usually, your wife up. My wife is up. We'll switch. But the latest person, the the last person to get up gets up at 7 a.m., and that's your daughter? And no, that's, yeah, that's my daughter. And we're up, like, the whole house is up by 7 a.m. every single day. Really? So then kids have to go to the bus. Kids have to go to school. My daughter needs to be dropped off by 8. Then what I'll try to do if I have a free day, I couldn't do it this morning, is I'll go to the gym 8.30 to 9.30. Go to this Pasadena gym with all these Lululemon moms. Yeah. And people make fun of it. But I'd rather work out with, like, the, it's really really attractive rich Pasadena women and uh, that's the uh, that's I work out with them and then I um, start so I'll be writing or working
0: by 10 a.m. every single day. Writing what are you like writing a script? Writing jokes? Writing so, no, not writing jokes ever. <laughs> I wish
1: if I was writing jokes every single day at ten a.m. Everyone would know about it because I'd have a comedy special every single fucking year, yeah. and I would be one of the most prolific comics of all time. <laughs> I barely write stand up. Stand up is on that list of twenty nine things. Yeah, like hitting twenty at this point. <laughs> like like it, it's brutal. So, that's why this special is like a collection of three and a half years of bits. Like, this yeah. is not, So I'm not one of those dudes who's going, I've thrown an, an hour away to get to this hour. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the best of three and a half years
0: of work. I see. I just took my list. I want to I keep going with your list, but I yeah, took please. my list and I shaved it down and I just put three things on it. What are your three things? Podcast, stand up, um, scripted one one scripted show. Okay, and then but then I just sold a couple uh, non scripted ideas, and so and uh, so I'm not I'm lying a little bit, but but I really I at a, for a moment I was just shaved it down because I was like, I was like I, re, I really well, you got to put something's burning on there. Right? Something's burning is on is on that list. <laughs> I, by the way, I'm, i i keep meaning to call Oscar with notes. But uh, but the, I feel like when my list gets too heavy, like when I was a travel channel, I was losing my fucking mind. I didn't know what it was like to relax. I was. I don't. I, I, yeah. I bought a bunch of Jack Reacher
1: books, and I'm reading a book right now called The Cartel by Don Winslow, which is really good. I highly recommend these Don Winslow books. But I have to have these books to force myself to go. You were at my place at night. You yep. to see my place during the day. I'll show you a picture. We have a backyard that i have i have three hammocks
0: i don't lay in your house is fucking fantastic <laughs> yeah I would well never, i have, i would never leave your house
1: i would have all this stuff i made like a little vacation place in my backyard yeah and i don't spend any time back there i also like to garden i like to fuck around in the backyard and i don't do that at all so i had to force myself to read to know to settle down anyway so i shoot this is what i got going on this so week
0: 10, 10 o'clock you're you're writing then
1: 10 o'clock in the morning, I have a movie that I've written mm-hmm. that I'm fixing up. I'm on draft number two. Well, it's really like draft number four right now. Yeah. But I wrote that with Kevin Christie, but we're actually trying to get it produced. And that's like a Mexican breakfast club type of thing set in El Paso. Yeah. And so I'm doing that. I have a TV show. I've had a deal. And is you know stand-up comedians and writers, you get uh, network development deals. And so this is maybe... I had deal number seven last uh, last year.
0: I thought I had a lot of deals. That seven's a fucking dick load.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Because all of those deals are for my own Everybody Loves Raymond type of show, too. So I've written... Uh, I have seven different pilot scripts and more that are specs yeah. for my own show that I think are legitimately good. Like, I got told... By Les Moonves, uh, you know, two years ago, what a great writer I was. And uh, he's the decision maker and how far my script went in this process of 40. And then, you know, Matt LeBlanc is going to get the show over me because I really, you know, I'm not a known name. So it's all it's going so in-
0: fucking crazy in this business that you can work as much as you have. And people still go, oh, it's that guy's not Matt. doing anything. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you are the mo- you are the
1: busiest dude I know. Um, I shoot a pilot in Mexico next week that I created and I'm um, executive producing for Comedy Central. Really? Uh, yeah, it's. Can uh, you talk about it or no? Yeah, sure. It's, what uh, is it's it? a travel show with uh, Chris Red, Jack Knight, and Josh Johnson. It's Chris like, Red. Chris Red is uh, a black he's comic. pop star. Yeah. Oh yeah, yo, he's great. And then Jack Knight is young, super charming, funny black comic, and then Josh Johnson, tonight show writer, but hilarious just taped half hours. I think all three of the guys just did half hours for All black? Country central, yes. And what do you what's what's the show? It's 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 called Travel Show. We don't really have the title, but it's called Travel Show. It's not. It's thing three guys sort of showing up in a city and things not going according to plan yeah. like it's a travel show but they it's more about their relationships and then, it, but it is—it's a travel show, so you're going to see a different city every single week. Yeah. But it's these three young, very different black friends that brings you like in you know, a whole swingers vibe to the whole thing. It's like one's a Vince Vaughn type, one's this John, you know, yeah, kind of guy, and they have a great time. Oh, that's fucking awesome! Man. Yeah. So we do Cabo San Lucas. Uh, Mike Lawrence is the head writer on that. Mike that's, Lawrence. Oh the, yeah, the, I winner love of the War- roast. Yeah, dude like. He's a
0: fucking joke. I keep machine. trying. I keep trying to get him to be on the podcast. Oh, you and-
1: should. Well, he's busy. He just got another writing gig. Like He's, he's like, fucking blown up. So, And then so movie, TV show, just met with writers and producers last week because I have another TV show idea that they really like. And so then we'll go and shop that around. I am working with James Corden's people on my own show. I'm, like a talk I'm show? Or, yeah, or? yeah, I got a really good idea for a weekly uh, talk show. Because that's the other thing is like every Daily Show person went and graduated into their own show. I went directly into a sitcom, which is awesome. Yeah. Fourth lead on a sitcom is the best thing ever. Yeah. Because – what? and that's another thing. You should do more acting.
0: Why don't you do – i I'm have a scripted deal that we're doing uh i think we should be shooting in august i think we just we we're just breaking the stories right now yeah and uh and and that's i i i really don't like i don't wanna be no i say this but i think i'm wrong about this i don't think i want to be like the i want to be the star of a show and i want it to be about me and i, I want it to be my creative vision like i don't want to just get plugged into an acting role
1: oh it's not me
0: man i go my dream is to drop
1: all of this shit and just be the sixth or seventh lead (laughs) on a ncis where i wear a lab coat and i'm like ethnic lab rat yeah and i go you guys aren't gonna like this (laughs) <laughs> and fucking go, ka and fucking go sit in that backyard and read a Jack Reacher and have a fucking Booker's.
0: Oh, uh, I see, my problem is... Yeah. I, my problem is, uh, number one, I like, when I was doing Travel Channel, I thought I was really happy, and then it turns out I, I just wasn't. I mean, I, I was very happy. I
1: really enjoyed it. Because you are, to everyone listening and people that know you you do seem like the happiest guy of all time no matter what your situation is I did I
0: I have hardcore FOMO so like as I was doing travel channel I kept thinking to myself I wish I was I wish I was at the store I wish I was at the improv I wish I was I wish I was still plugged in and then when I stopped doing it I started I started really focusing on my stand up and I was like oh I fucking forgot I love this I forgot that I really truth when you when you break a joke like like it, it's one thing to get an idea and to get it kind of up and running but then when you break a joke and you go oh fuck I figured it out I figured it out I, that happened to me this weekend and I was so inspired When's like, the
1: last time you've seen you you like watched a Rogan set uh last Tuesday I guess cuz that bit that he has about the woman who got impregnated without the uh, no vagina? No, I haven't seen that bit. Dude, I told him afterwards because I have a little bit of comedy snob also. You know, I'm a hardcore can't... snob. And you see a lot of people, you guys, that are super successful that
0: have no business. Don't belong doing stand-up at all. <laughs> yeah. Like... I went through and watched a bunch of Netflix specials this weekend and was like, oh, dude you you shouldn't be doing stand up you, you just
1: sh- memorize the cadences of yeah. fucking a stand up comic there's so
0: many people that should not be doing stand up yeah. that i'm blown the fuck away that
1: are super like that's another thing it's like i'm being a fucking baby about this but it's a little disheartening for somebody who's like i have a line about this it's like i feel like stand up is my life's calling and it's difficult for me to admit that it's somebody else's last resort like there's a lot of people
0: doing stand up that oh, that's a really brilliant fucking, fucking sentence. Yeah, well... That it's somebody else's last resort. Like, yeah, they're like, I, I, I guess I could
1: sh-. do stand-up. I guess, And so it's a cash grab for some people. And it's... Uh, by the
0: way, I've gotten in a lot of trouble
1: doing that, Saying talking you, shit
0: to people. That's my favorite thing about you, is that you... I remember hearing you talk shit on Rogan's podcast a long time ago. Yeah. Just lighting motherfuckers up. And you're like, fuck that guy. He's a thief. Fuck this. And I was like,
1: I remember going like, fuck. Well, me and Mike Costa, that's the other thing is I have the balls to go up and talk to people right to their face. I'll never do anything on Twitter. And that's what fucking if you are on tweeting at somebody and not putting the at symbol directly to their thing or tweeting, talking some shit. To about people like say it to their face like yeah. that's another thing is people have done the at thing and fucking talk some shit somebody tweeted Al Madrigal you could look this up I gotta t- retweet it and pin it pussy ass um wannabe comic um fucking sand nigger I'm half Mexican uh, <laughs> and I was like for those of you listening yeah. You come find me, yeah, and you say it to my face. Oh, dude, and I'm, I'd love it, and I won't react. I'd laugh, but like, fucking, have some balls. But if you're fucking tweeting shit and talking
0: shit, like, come talk shit to my face, and then I'll that's respect what you. I don't fucking like is that someone would think that you you literally are you are the you are the guy that I heard the most about. When I first came, like when I first started doing the road, well, we have a lot
1: in common because uh, we found each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because we, I don't even want to get into it. Uh, that other, you know, <laughs> what the man? Who oh, yeah, yeah. Nameless. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but oh, that we was, sort of, we bonded probably over that, and then yeah. became buddies and like. Have been but you were the fun.
0: You were the funniest guy. I remember watching your set. We did that uh, showcase in San Jose.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: like I was like this this is the funniest about fucking comic I've ever seen and ever and, and I remember I was sitting in the back with someone and they were like oh Al's like tour with Mitch tour with Chappelle tour with ever and I was like fuck man how do I get that good? And I remember I remember you had a joke that I had bit, it, that had been in front of my face and I didn't write and I went fuck this, the fucking uh the russian or the russian kids in the sandbox oh yeah yeah the armenian the, kids yeah, santoy repo man yeah uh, cuz when your kids are playing in the
1: park and then uh, you bring a bunch of sand toys and you put them down if anybody has little tiny kids you know this is very true you put your sand toys down and then people take them and yep. people dig, and you're like, "Yeah, everybody enjoy him." But yeah. then, at the, when you're ready to go, you got to be Santoy Repo man and go like, "Hey, I, I'm gonna need that shovel back, buddy. Yeah. It's my shovel. It's my
0: shovel. I dig a grave. I dig a grave." <laughs> Armenia, baby. I think of. Yeah. I think of. I think of your joke. I think of your joke. Sometimes the um looks like he's not gonna. Looks like. What's the birking jo- joke? Looks like he's not gonna have it his way. Oh, oh <laughs> shit, that's an old bitch Dude, I Dude. fucking love you're, you're sincerely one of the best stand-ups working like, right. no, you know that. You're one of the best stand-ups working. If you didn't have 29 things on your list and you wrote jokes every single day, you're right. You would be the greatest stand-up that we'd ever known. I did not say that. But, yeah, but if you worked at this, um, it really is true. Like,
1: you would be prolific. And I didn't care if there was an audience for it or not. I would just be putting out albums. And that's the other thing. is like, that's what I can do. And I, when I say I'm going to quit, yeah. like, I'm really not going on the road I do a ton of corporate stand-up. Yeah. And that's once you get great. paid 30000 dollars to do a gig at 3 30 in the afternoon, there is
0: no going back. <laughs> <laughs> like what I- Bargazzi was have you ever seen Nate Bargazzi do stand-up? Yeah, I love him. He's fucking hilarious. And he was like, We were talking, we were talking. I love when comics talk numbers because it it allows you to realize where you are in the business and what you need to get to. You yeah. know, like and he was telling us what he gets paid for his corporates, and I was like i don't know if i'd ever do the road i go why are you doing the fucking road and he was like he's like yeah you gotta you gotta keep it you gotta keep as do as much of different things you gotta do the clubs you gotta do the road you get you gotta do the corporates give you just do the corporates he's like I, I can't just do corporates i was like dude he he did a gig where he, they flew him to fucking asia to be on a yacht with the owner of the seahawks i guess and like what? he he opened on this yacht I mean, I don't know if I should be telling his story. I'm sure he's, he's like, hey, Bert, I told you that in privacy. Like, don't share that. <laughs> no, but <laughs> does that go through Fallon?
1: I mean, that's for like, I mean, it must be. One of those, Fallon loves him. He's one of the greatest stand-ups. And the, to have access to those
0: types of gigs, you can find yourself in some weird situations. Yeah, he opened and, for Stevie Wonder on this yacht. Stevie Wonder it was him and then Stevie Wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Stevie Wonder.
1: I did a gig before the Super Bowl. The lineup was Jeremy Renner, me, and the Steve Miller band. Wait, what did Jeremy Renner do? He had a couple drinks, and just talked. He ho- He was the host. Shut up. He's like, hey, guys. Yeah, he's like, he you may know him. You've seen brooded. him on the Avengers <laughs> and Hurt Locker Shut. and Mission Impossible oh. and every other huge franchise. And now you're
0: host. I did one corporate. One, I've done one corporate and it was and i'd fallen off that w- waterfall and i was on oxies and Valium, and at one point one of the guys in the thing goes hey man just tell the machine story so i was like really he goes yeah we just just tell the machine story and then let's go drink they just wanted me to tell the machine story and then go party with them in aspen they flew me to aspen put me up in aspen paid fucking radi- 25 grand and then they were like they go tell the machine story like i'm doing bits and the guy goes You're going to tell the machine story, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, just tell it, and then we'll go drink. I was like, done. Told the machine story, came in. They asked a bunch of questions about it, and just drank with them all night. Wow. It was the fucking greatest.
1: Yeah, I do a lot of corporate hosting. I was Viacom's host for a while, so I did all these Viacom conferences. They paid incredibly well, and then to go do you know, a, a fucking funny bone after that where I have a $5,000 guarantee, <laughs> I'm not going to fucking happen. I'm not going to do it because I'd rather hang out with my... You know, I went to a volleyball tournament all day yesterday I, yeah. I, and sat there with the... You know, talk shit with the other dads and
0: I just... Well, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense because... The amount of money you make doing all your other things, you don't need that fucking five grand. And I love doing stand-up.
1: So you could sort of pull a Fitzsimmons so you can go to – because you look at Fitzsimmons and how he's able to sort of do a lot of different things. And he still does way more road than I would like, but I also act more than he does. And I feel like I have different stuff going on. Also, being an actor on a TV show – it's like being like a little fucking prince somewhere. It's like, would you like me to bring you? They just put out some tuna salad and chicken salad, and they're Do you want me to bring you a smoothie? Huh? Can yeah, I get you something?
0: Only sitcom I ever wor- worked <laughs> on was uh, my like right when I first got out here. I got put in a sitcom in CBS, and uh, and it was like I remember I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was like. I said to the craft service, I was like, "Hey, those uh, little corn dogs you had yesterday, those were really good." And then you watch this. Guy. I didn't realize it, but he's like, "I'll go get them." And then he had to go and get more corn dogs for me. Like, so we went to the store and bought those little corn dogs and came back, and they had them. And he was like, "Do you want me to bring them into your dressing room?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I was just asking if you had them." And he was like, "No, no, I went and got them." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah. Anything. I did a show in 2007
1: with Raquel Welch and Jeffrey Tambor uh, called Welcome to the Captain. Yeah. How
0: I think it? of that every time I drive through uh, Larchmont. <laughs> yeah. Because when that building was. Dude, I've been on so
1: many shows. You have no idea. Like, I had a show in 2003. This is the one that brought me down here. But Cheech played my dad. I was number one on culture. I was supposed to be. Like, yeah. What was that? It was called the Ortegas. And we shot. Twelve of – well, we shot six. There were supposed to be 12. I was wearing a pilgrim's outfit. What time you got to get out of here? No, I don't have any uh, – Okay. No, that's uh, – I don't have any time. I have to get out of here. I'm fine. So I'm in a pilgrim's outfit. It was an improvised talk show. It was based on a British show. And my uh, slot was – I was following The Simpsons Sunday night – November fourth of two thousand and three and they canceled it and didn 't air any of them really yeah, so I have this i have i actually have them you know what I need to find that vietnamese guy i 'm going to send him
0: all of the shows and he can post them all oh I, i'm i I feel like telling people. Hey guys, rip everything I do and post it. Yeah, someone, I'll, I'll go, I'll get you the fucking files. I'm a, so
1: I'm in a sitcom that no one's ever seen before that we have shot, and the only tapes that exist of it are in my living room. Like I have a bunch of CDs. I, sh- I
0: should start posting full episodes failed, of failed pilots. Of, oh, do I have so many fucking failed pilots? Yeah, I have so many. I t- I told. Uh, I have uh, I have full episodes of The X Show. Maybe I'll just post those. Yeah. Full episodes of The X Show. I was show. in a
1: pilot with Martin Short, who I played his secretary in, like. Yeah. What was that? That was a show called The IRS, and it was an IRS office in uh, Akron, and it was uh, me, Martin Short. I mean, I was like a sub character, it was uh, Martin Short. Carrie Kenny from the state. Yeah, she's fucking hilarious. Awesome. Uh, Reno nine one one, and then David Crumholtz, Orlando Jones, Ju- Judy Greer, Randall Park, the dad who is the uh, on uh, fresh off the boat. He's a yeah. very funny comic, and uh, Matt Moy, who's in Two Broke Girls, and even some more people. It was a huge ensemble cast. Holy shit! And uh, nothing. Not like no
0: play at all, oh, I have so many I have so many fucking pilots. I want to get all my pilots, I want to get my manager to get all get all my pilots, and then I'm just gonna put them all online, yeah, just why not like who gives a fuck? not anymore, I think that's sort of changing.
1: I think it, I think there should be a whole t v network they they could never do this because they have to pay for rights and yeah. and everything like that, it would cost them a lot of money, but there should be a whole t v ne- network dedicated to one-offs and pilots and shows no one's ever seen
0: before yeah i fucking i i mean now it's like now i feel things are so easy when you have an idea you can just go shoot it like something's burning we were walking through the uh soapbox thing and you know they're like we had a kitchen here we can shoot something i pitched something's burning so many fucking times to real networks like to go and let's do this and then everyone's like i don't get it you're not a chef. And I was like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? doesn't matter. You don't yeah. have
1: to be a chef. Anybody's, everybody's a chef nowadays. Nowadays. Every fucking... What do you mean you're not a chef? You look at the Food Network, and you have that hot chick from Reno not 9... Uh, not Reno nine one one, uh Beverly Hills, 90210.
0: What's oh, with Tiffany Amethyst.
1: Yeah. She's a chef.
0: Uh, they, dude, that, that was one of the... You'd watch the Food Network. The one thing I'm trying to avoid in my life is... I'm obsessed with this right now. The people that are in this business where celebrity is the reason they're there. Like, they don't really have a passion for whatever the fuck they're doing. That's
1: the other thing. That comes down to stand-up, and this is going to bring us full circle, is that there's a certain amount of desperation that goes along with... I, I need to do a podcast I need to do this da, 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 because everyone else is doing it and I need to keep but there's nothing that really drives it you know and there's nothing like if you to do stand up I really feel like it has to be like this calling you know that yeah. you feel as an artist like somebody doesn't pick up a paintbrush because they think it's going to get them noticed you know you feel like you're just fucking yeah. this innate thing there are you n- have there are no do.
0: painters that are in it for the fame yeah but there's so many comics that are just in it to get famous. Yep. I bet if you gave them fame, they'd probably stop doing stand-up. Oh, uh, you know what you should go back and listen to? Have you heard about...
1: I'm so horrible. I just got to... This is why I need to maybe walk away. <laughs> is that... Like, <laughs> my kill Tonys? Oh, yeah. It's just too mean. Like, just... <laughs> stop! Hey, this guy's done 30 so, seconds. Some girl... Stop! I did not kill, I didn't,
0: I didn't kill Tony the other day, and some girl goes... Um, I said something, and she goes, I didn't get in this business to do th- dot, dot, dot. And I go, honey, I didn't get in this business to shit blood at an airport at 6 a.m., but that's part of the dig- gig. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's, yeah, well, it's Do you have blood
1: coming out? Uh, I did once. I, no, I have a lot. Really? Yeah. From what? I think it's hemorrhoids.
0: <laughs> I fell off an aircraft carrier, and I was shitting blood. And uh, I thought I'd ruptured internal organs or something, and I go, go in, and he fingers my ass, and he's like, no, you ruptured a hemorrhoid. It's hemorrhoids. And yeah, I was it's, like, really? It's go, yeah.
1: And he said, I, which is not a horrible problem, but like once every two months.
0: Yeah. It's going to be some blood. Bob Biggerstaff has my favorite joke I've ever, ever heard. He goes, uh, this is – I'm fucking it up. I'm sorry, Bob, if you're listening. Um, he's got a podcast called Hello, uh, Hello Guys. Uh, Enjoy, Guys. His his podcast. Um his joke is, uh, this is how I wipe. Brown, 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 red, stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Fitzsimmons uh, has a
1: great joke about fucking shitting and watching some like vegan shit. Yeah. Where it just comes out smoothly. And it's like, he's got one leg up shaking. <laughs> like, can, he goes, first two wipes. I don't even look at those.
0: <laughs> like, I, don't I don't even look, look at those. those. Yeah. And no, there's two better. wives. I don't even <laughs> look at those. Yeah. Dude, that's what Soder and I were doing this weekend. We we're just quoting our favorite Attell jokes. Oh wow. He had this joke about that Attell said about pandas. I forget what the joke was. No not pandas, koalas. Ah fuck.
1: I love the asides from Attell. when I would go and watch it like the punchline when he would show up. Yeah. And he would do monkey pu- monkey pussy to get now you're back. Like <laughs> monkey like, pussy, <laughs> he, now um, you're back. And he would make fun of people in the audience and he would do it so um. I love when he called out, and he would nickname audience members, and I was sitting there, and
0: he's like, where you going, Asian jazz man? Hey. <laughs> he said huh? one time yeah. I was walking through the back of the comedy store, and he goes, and I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and he goes, this is, by the way, this is just to play, it, this was in 1997. So he goes, uh, ah, only two things, wear Hawaiian shirts, party animals and faggots. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> he's the fucking best so, Nate, Nate told a great story what <laughs> about a apparently is like Nate and Soder are standing next to a and this drunk guy comes up and he's like fucking fucking tussling with him and he's like Dave I love you man I love you Dave I love you like shaking him and he's like I love you and Dave goes great let me introduce you to my two friends stands by and watches it happen <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking it tells the best. Yeah. I want to get him on my podcast. Um, he's he's hard to. Well, I
1: mean, you can now sort of visualize everything you want to have happen. You can chart out the career you want for yourself. Rogan is a perfect example of that. Sort of like like me at the Niners the other day. Yeah. I'm a lifelong Golden State Warrior and 49er fan. This is like a dream come true. How did you get in there? I roasted – I did a private gig. Roasted – me and Soder. Mm-hmm. There's comics that are 49er fans. I'll tell you. Like, uh, I know Michael Che, Dan Soder, Tommy Johnigan, David Huntsberger, myself are big Niner fans. Yeah. So I know Carlos Alves Rocky as well. I can't leave him out. And we – The four of us went up and did this rules of engagement thing. We did videos for the Niners. Yeah. But it was through Steve Simone. So Steve Simone used to be in Philly. Yeah. And work for the Eagles. The guy he worked with at the Eagles who was in charge of their, like, shooting some of their videos went to Kansas City Chiefs. Then the Niners hired him. Simone hooked him up with me. I started talking to him on the phone. We became good friends. He now became the vice president of the 49ers oh, wow. and had me do a gig where I roasted Trent Baalke, the old GM, on his 50th birthday. So I'm shitting on Jed York. I'm like everybody's there. Tom Rathman, yeah. Trent Dilfer, and <laughs> I'm just crushing people. Jim Tom Sula before he was coach. I walked up, and I go, keep it going for Ron Jeremy, everybody. <laughs> and he turns around and goes, fuck you. <laughs> and I just go, let's get started. And I just hammered people. I go, Jed York is here. Um, big round applause for Jed. He's the owner of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I go, Jed went to Notre Dame on a my mom owns a fucking football team scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> and just, people are going nuts. Yeah. And then I made fun of Colin Kaepernick way while he was still good. <laughs> and people went and trent dilford uh in the back this was like my opening lines because yeah. i knew for a fact that this is way before any of this news came out jim harbaugh and um uh, people and people weren't getting along yeah so i go jim harbaugh couldn't be here tonight folks before we start a couple of announcements that's the best way to start any roast yeah <laughs> so let me uh Uh, Jim Harbaugh cannot be here. Unfortunately, he's on a Disney cruise where I have it on good authority that he's already made Goofy cry twice. (laughs) He also just tried to sign Peter Pan to the practice squad as a four-string quarterback, which is ridiculous because we already have Colt McCoy. How many Peter Pans do we need? And fucking, well, I hear Dilfer in the back go, holy shit, this is going to be good <laughs> And then I go, A.J. Jenkins can't be here tonight He's a bad draft pick, little wide receiver that never worked out Yeah, And I go, he wanted to come, but um, he got bumped by an old lady in the airport and thrown off his route <laughs> And then when he went out to get on the plane, they wouldn't let him fly without an adult and then I go, and Colin Kaepernick uh, can't be here tonight, folks, which I'm bummed about. Colin really wanted to come, but you see he had a second option. And for the first time in his entire career, he decided to take a look at it. <laughs> and <if I> could, <laughs> oh, fucking the place went bananas. Oh, that fucking I mean, great. this is like... A hundred Is football it just you executives, it? Is Me it all- I'm the only comedian there And a couple of his friends Got up and told some stories Yeah But then I just Fucking hammered people Things went a little south If anybody's a Hockey fan The general manager Of the San Jose Sharks Was there This guy Doug Wilson And I saved him for last Which was a mistake And I should have Just excluded him Really because it was all football guys. I had jokes for scouts. I did an impression of the trainer. Like fucking the trainer came up to me, this guy Ferg and he's like, Hey buddy, that was fucking awesome. Chewing at all times. Yeah. I go he goes, Anything you need, bro, I'll I'll take care of it. I'm 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 your guy. Yeah. Like you want anything Niner related, I will make it happen. So, I grew up with this team. My dad had tickets at Keysar Stadium. Uh, where I had the same section with all my buddies in candlestick growing up. I went to every single game since I was five years old on really so i 've been at that stadium, lived there, and then they moved. We have sixteen tickets at the new stadium, and then all of this shit happened. so then I meet Jed York afterwards. I meet everybody afterwards, and then they tell me you know and I go and I do. I roasted the NFL owners before the Super Bowl. That was the Jeremy Renner, Steve Miller gig. Oh, really? So I was sitting at a table with Robert Kraft, the CEO of Pepsi. Robert Kraft is the owner of the New England yeah, yeah, Patriots. Yeah. And Les Moonves, right when I had a script that with CBS, and he was the sole decision maker. Like, it was insane. He was at the roast? He was, he was at my table. Jed York, the owner of the 49ers, goes, hey, man. He goes, I know you got this CBS deal. You want to sit next to Les Moonves? And I Shut go, up. Sure. Fuck it. <laughs> Things couldn't get weirder. Fuck. And so that's when I walked in. like you got get s- nervous? Dude, I was incredibly nervous because Jeremy Renner was on stage and the CEO of Pepsi is next to me. This yeah. woman, Indra Nuhi, who's a badass. Old. What I had no idea is all the stadium owners, all the owners of all these football teams, billionaires, we're all making their rounds by my table and kissing her ring because she has Pepsi deals at every single stadium. So she's responsible for giving each of them like $20 million. Oh, wow. So, she, I, and she's a huge Daily Show fan, which I knew. She goes, she was taking selfies with me. So then people are saying, who the fuck is this guy?
0: Shut the yeah, fuck so up. Yeah, so Henry were coming around and being nice to me. See, this blows me away. This You have such a... a Different career than the majority of comics that ever will do stand up. Like I would be shitting
1: my pants. I was. So I'm sitting next to the this guy, Stacy, who's the head of PR for the Patriots, and I'm running some bits by him. And I go, I was gonna go up and do this tooth fairy bit. And he goes, Buddy, nobody wants to hear about your kids. (laughs) Wait till you hear this. Fucking so and this is afterwards. So I do my bit it they all can't laugh as much as they'd like to my biggest laughs come from people that aren't present like i'm roasting every almost every single owner so i get to woody johnson from the jets who's the owner of the jets i know everything yeah and He wasn't there. And I go, I'm bummed that Woody Johnson couldn't be here tonight, folks. I'm a big fan of his. Such an admirer. I mean to achieve so much success, fortune, and fame with a name that really – it literally translates to penis, penis. (laughs) Because all the jokes were sort of softballs. That's a huge laugh. You know why? Wasn't there. When I do my Mark Davis Raiders jokes – He's at the table next to him. They can't laugh in his face. Yeah. So I go, Mark Davis is here, folks. A lot of people don't know this, but Mark also wanted to move his team to Los Angeles, but um, he couldn't because his minivan broke down outside of Gilroy. And (laughs) it's just like he's there. He's got one of the worst haircuts. If you don't know what Mark Davis, the owner of the now Las Vegas Raiders, uh, his hair looks like, you got to look at it. It's just a straight up bowl cut. Yeah, And I go, the closest thing the Raiders have come to a bowl is the one they put on Mark Davis's head before his next haircut and <laughs> shit like that. And no laughs. Really?
0: Because yeah. he's sitting right there sitting and they're right there. And, and they're all power brokers. Yeah. The
1: coolest dude came up to me afterwards. He's the president of the Chargers. And he goes, dude, we go to the Lojano Comedy Store all the time. He goes, that was fucking hilarious. Me and my wife wanted, were dying, but you realize no one could laugh, right? <laughs> and then even in the draft room, John Lynch, he goes, I remember you. He goes, you were the guy that got up and did that roast. He goes, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But he goes, it was, cr- it was like crickets oh, a little bit. Yeah. But I got big laughs here and there. Jerry Jones heckled me at really? one point. Yeah. I go, Jerry Jones is here tonight. He goes, don't do it. <laughs> don't even think about it, buddy. Like that. And I go, Jerry, I'm going to do it. It's one joke. It's harmless. It's like that. And they were all softballs, too, because yeah. I listed out my jokes with the president of the 49ers. He goes, let me hear them. And I do like Virginia McCaskey is here tonight, folks. Uh, the owner of the Bears. Yeah, she's been with the Bears a long time, ever since they were loaded onto the ark. And uh, old lady, that's
0: a great, that's yeah. a great
1: joke. And fucking, he goes, dude, that's one of the best jokes I ever heard. You can't do it, can't do it at all, because they're all so sensitive. So these are billionaires. Twenty yeah. billionaires, easy. That relate to nothing. The I'm standing there with Rich Eisen, and the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars son after crazy yeah. conversations. I talked to me, Jed and Jerry Jones talked for 20 minutes. Like it just chit chatting with Jerry Jones. I could have gone to strippers. I could have gone to like yeah. so many dark places that I just couldn't. So I didn't. Yeah, And then I'm standing there with um, this kid from the Jacksonville Jaguars And he goes, man, he goes, you did really good. He goes, you did so much better than the last comedian we had. He was so terrible. He just ate shit. And I go, who was it? And he goes, this guy, Jim Gaffigan? Oh, shut up! Yeah. Oh, shut up! Because he did material and they don't relate to anything. And if, they you're, don't up there, to anything. if you're up there talking about baloney and Hot Pockets and all the fucking. Jim Gaffigan is one of the best comedians that exists. But they have such a different. They want jokes about. They can't. Like, what are they going to talk about? Their pilot getting in a fight with their chef? Like, yeah. they can't.
0: <laughs> their pilot getting in a <laughs> fight with their <laughs> chef. No, you hate it when... too. When I did that corporate, the lit girl said to me. All these guys are very wealthy, and I was like, "Okay." She's like, "So, like, I would talk about your Rolex. I would talk about like flying first class." I was like, "I don't I don't write jokes. I don't write like. I don't That's write a whole that you know what. This is untapped. Uh, comedy set.
1: Just do a set yeah. for ultra wealthy people. Have an hour that just caters to the ultra wealthy, like a super billionaire." stand-up comic <laughs> just talks about shit they can relate so my, to I,
0: I had a joke the other day my maid uh my maid came over and she's like yeah i'll see you in two weeks i said you're not coming next week she goes no i'm going to hawaii i was like "What should we fucking pay <laughs> that's exactly what i said <laughs> hawaii I go, she's going to fucking hawaii oh, just... and Leanne's like yeah and i was like what the fuck and then we got our gardener went to fucking well, he went to Mexico, but he went to Mexico for a month and he just left for a month and my, we still paid him. And I was what? like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck, Leanne?
1: Dude, my gardener brings me cigars and Bill thinks it's the best thing. He's like, isn't it fucking great that you started as a stand up comic? No hopes of making money, money. And now you have a story about your gardener bringing
0: you cigars. Yeah. Like fucking. Dude, I, I get blown away sometimes. Like when I took the, f- the girls to London. I'm, I'm sure I've told this somewhere, but I took the girls to London. And uh, we we took we had like a driver taking us out to the to um to this Warwick Warwick Castle. We're gonna spend the night, and we stop in Shakespeare's hometown to go have lunch on this be- on the Thames River. It's just this beautiful fucking rustic uh like bread and breakfast that we're gonna stop amazing off. yeah, and uh, it's real rich people shit. And I, I like, I mean, we're doing it, but it is what rich people do. And then all of a sudden Leanne just goes, I'm getting out of the car. And she goes, wait, 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 stop and take a second to be very proud of yourself. Cause she goes, just your silly jokes got us here. Like your jokes, you just me going up on an open mic and saying, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you have a, the ability to afford to take your family to Europe. You're like, shut the fuck yeah. up. Stand up comedy. And it really also to people
1: listening And I've said this on other shows, but I'm going to say it again. If you haven't heard me talk about this, find what it is that you really, really love. Chances are you're listening to this on a way to a a job that you can't stand. But what we have in common and something magical does happen when you find the thing that you truly should do and you love doing and you start doing it all things fall into place. And now we're sitting in this super fucking cool man cave and you're able to take your kids to fucking Europe
0: because... Because, of- I'm, because I, I love it. I yeah. love stand up. I love it and I obsess about it. I love watching good stand up. I love like I just started reading again because I was like, I bet it'll add to my stand up. Yeah. I bet if I have knowledge of shit I don't know, sure. It'll slide away and slide in the same way it does with like a tell A and Big J Soda and I were saying this. They have some sometimes they have the v- obscurest references, but you they're funny because you go like where did you where did you pick that up? Where what did you do last week? Like they're almost like willing to bring in new stuff. So I'm reading this book about this hermit because I have a part of me wants to just fucking disappear. So I was like, maybe I'll, f- maybe I'll turn into that. a joke.
1: What? I have the disappear thing going in a major way. So I'm looking at real estate constantly thinking about, because I'm close now to kids being out of the house. I'm on the back end of this thing. Okay, let's
0: start this very slowly. <laughs> this is, I'm having panic about this. So I look at RVs. You know
1: what? All right. So I want to start we got to do this. This will be our baby steps and you if me and you do it and I know we can get Rory Scoville and Jay Larson and a bunch of other guys with yeah. kids to do it. I want to do a caravan comedy tour. And I want to all of us to get our own RV. Yeah. Family comes. Yeah. We set out, we pick him up in Phoenix. We do Grand Canyon, whatever. We do all that shit, oh. and then we go through and we do a show in Tucson, and we all camp. Yeah, and the guys go out at night and do our shows, and all the women and the kids, they fucking fire it up and do I s'mores and idea. all this stuff.
0: Let's do this this summer, yeah, please. I'll be fucking great. We could do it in August for sure. We take them down to Bisbee to visit Uncle Uncle Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Uncle Doug. Yeah, Leanne and I almost bought. Uh, an RV uh, the other day. Really? uh, Leanne's obsessed with RVs. I'll go with you to look at them anytime. Oh, Because I
1: bought a 1988 FJ62 Land Cruiser that I know I, I mean, I I got it for this reason, to tow a trailer. So I look at trailers constantly. We look at trailers non-fucking-stop. You know what uh, website I'm on and everybody's got to go to this website is sportsmobile.com. And what they do is they'll take a Dodge Sprinter, and they completely fucking trick it out. Now, you need about $80,000, but this thing is loaded and built any way you want it to be built. It's also, you can do it with a diesel engine, create this- What's
0: the name of the website?
1: Sportsmobile.com. Now, they've been around forever, and it's like a lot of, they'll trick out an Econoline van. I'm sure Rogan- has one or custom about camper it. vans? Yep. Start looking at some of the models because then they'll take a diesel Mercedes, huge
0: like sort of touring van. And <gasps> these are fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Can, can I tell you one of my favorite things to do? Um, I think it's called van life. It's all these rock climbers live out of their vans. And I and they I met one of those dudes, yeah, in Yosemite. I did
1: a Sierra Club benefit with that, the like one of the main guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. and the, and so they they do these tours of their vans. Uh, the guy that was on Alex Alex Honnehold, I saw he was the fr- he's the guy that free climbed fucking El Capitan. Half-dome. Yeah, El Capitan. Yeah, I he's, did a, a speeching game with him. Like Jesus. he was the, a keynote speaker. And I watched his van life, and they were just taking a tour of his van, and I was like, oh, this is fucking badass. And I was like, oh, I want a van. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to get a fucking van. What I'm going to do is get... This is what Leanne and I have been thinking about. Get a, an RV that we find, that, and then gut it, and make personalize it, and make it ours. But yeah, I'm, I'm having real sincere panic attacks. I was sitting out front with Leanne, and I said something. I said... Oh, I shouldn't, say, but I well, just to yeah. speak honestly, I, mean, I, I don't give a fuck. I'd say well,
1: that's how we started. This started yeah. with panic attacks. Yeah.
0: I wake up in the middle of the night. I said to Leanne, I said, uh, I, I said, I want to get a new house. I said, I, I feel like I'm at the age because you just fixed this. We just fixed it, but now Leanne, she goes, no, this is where I'm gonna this. I'm gonna, this is a house I'm gonna live in forever. And then I was like, hold on, I want one more. I want one more. I want a big house. We're not I go, in a
1: house yet. Um, I moved to that house. Yeah. We had... we Remember when me and my wife came in here and we're like, holy shit, this is our exact same house. Yeah. Because this is all the same stuff. It must have been the same builder. We had every single same everything. Yeah. And we fixed our place up. And then you wait for the market to get to the perfect place and you cash out. And you guys should move to the fucking big I, one because life is too short. I said I want a short.
0: big one. I said I want a big one with a... F- I, want, I want to go in over my head. I want a fucking... I want to really get like a fucking nice house. And Leanne's like, no, this house. And then she said this. I'm in the front yard. And she goes, we got to figure in six years. The girls are going to be gone. It's just going to be me and you. And I fucking had panic sear through my heart. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just me and you? (laughs) I was like, there's going to be no distractions, no rodeo clowns in the house, like making noise. Just me and you? She goes, yeah. Have you
1: had both girls leave the house and go to sleepovers and have it just be you and Leanne in the house? Uh, No. We just had it. Me and my wife went out for a hike the next day. We took the dogs on a hike, and we were, like, looking at each other, like, what the fuck is this about? Like, we couldn't, like, us, no one, because my kids will bicker, you know, just like yeah, your kids yeah. will, and just, there's no problems at all. My kids are great. We all are hanging out. We're remodeling our kitchen right now. and I
0: love your kitchen. Yeah, yeah.
1: Everybody loves my kitchen. It's Guess who didn't love it? <laughs> uh, so I can uh, <laughs> we're all eating King Taco and sitting there, yeah. And uh, oh, which leads me to another story. This just happened last night. So I didn't tell my wife. I said a lady, but um, I parked my car right out in front of King Taco. King Taco is an LA taco franchise. It's fucking great. So. I park the car. Pasadena meters are crazy. But I get the best parking spot. Look at my wife's car. No quarter tray like I have. Yeah. Not a dime. Nothing. Yeah. It's all in her purse. So I go into the King Taco with a, I, my money out. I got $20. And I go, hey, everybody in line. Um, I just need a quarter. I go, I'll pay you right back. But if you got two quarters, turn around. She goes, here. I got a quarter. And it is a really super cute in the face, huge boobed Latina chick who takes out some quarters and gives them to me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, oh what oh, <laughs> sort of a meat cute type of situation. Yeah. So I go, I'll be right back. And I go and put the quarters in and I come back. And then I I always do like rewarding people that are just super nice, you know yeah. and I go you know what? What are you getting? What are you ordering right now? She goes, I'm just going to get two tacos to go. And I'm like, I'm going to get your two tacos. Yeah. So I get a separate receipt and she was like, Oh, you're getting my two tacos. And then she goes, well, I'm a hugger. Can I give you a hug? I was like, Oh, I'm about to,
0: I'm a hugger too. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I love hugs.
1: Yeah. I love getting hugs. <laughs> so I went and get it. And her friends are cracking up. <laughs> But you know, here she doesn't have any wedding ring or anything like that, and I'm like getting I'm now I'm hugging a chick in a yeah. king taco, these humongous boobs, and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, Jesus! Like this is definitely was a thing, yeah. But again, no chance. Like it's like I gotta go home to you know my kids in my remodeled kitchen. But like yeah. as a stand up comic, you know, and you talk about your wife and kids on stage, but there still is like oh. chicks out there. That's the other thing. It's like. We live vicariously through these single comedians. You think about life choices and you also think about like we're closing in on the tail end of this when it's just going to be you and your wife in a hammock reading books. You're going to have reading glasses. I got readers.
0: I got my readers back there. My wife just bought me. Oh, they're right here. I got my wife bought me uh, bought me. Nine pairs of readers, and then just put them all over the house because I was—I'm always like, "Where the fuck are the readers?" She just bought yeah. nine pairs. Amazon, like, you can yeah.
1: buy them at Amazon for like three dollars. You get five fucking, pairs of glasses. Oh. So anyway, we're we're closing in on old age, Jesus. and now we're thinking at. And I'm looking at houses in Ohio, and I'm oh, looking at I love to live
0: in Ohio. Yeah,
1: I want to be able to like go there. Come down, work in LA, and go back and
0: just hermit out. So that's what I, I feel like we're on the same page with that. You know what's so funny? I didn't. I maybe I just maybe I need to buy a house in like Big Bear or Ojai and just oh, Like, Arrowhead. When we're off the podcast, yeah, I'm going to go on. Do you have
1: a real estate apps? So I have Redfin, Trulia, Zillow. All I've all got is Zillow, Trulia, and Redfin. Check those out. I'm
0: going to add them right now. So. But I go on there and
1: I look at Lake Arrowhead and I look at um, all these other little places. You can't. Somebody was telling me about Pioneertown. Everyone's moving to Pioneertown. Really?
0: Here's what I want to do. This is what I exactly I want to do. I want to fucking my kids to go off to college, and then I want to do a tour with other dads whose kids are off in college and their wives. And like, we all just go, like, me, you, who else has got kids already? Papa, age? Tom, Tom Papa, Tom, Papa. Yeah, with. and we all bring our wives and our, and it's just like we get like a like a, a tour bus and a, or an RV, and we all are in the just the dads and the wives, and we're doing like. Dad and wife shit, like going out to eat at night to nice places, going wine tasting. And then we do the show and everything pays for itself. Yeah.
1: Oh, fuck. So that's, that's – you just described
0: the uh, – Or the, the camper van. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just pitched you back just your idea. The... I just pitched my idea. <laughs> Barry Katz did that. By the way, I'm not shitting on Barry. Uh, Barry's got a new movie coming out. He, I'm going to think about on the podcast. Barry Katz went – He him. has a new movie coming out about himself? No, but a documentary he did. Um, I fucking meant to reply to him. I'm sorry. Can someone tell Barry I watched it and I like it and I want to talk to him about it? Um I can't, I shouldn't talk about it until he gets on this thing but he one time we were in a meeting and uh I I pitched an idea and I pitched the idea was a guy goes out on uh three dates with three different women I'm the host except you don't know the girls don't know that I'm the host so like if he takes them out to eat, I'm the waiter. If they go to surf, instruct, surf, surf lessons, I'm the surf instructor. If they go rock climbing, I'm the rock climbing instructor. And my goal is just to make sure he isn't set up in the best scenario every time. I'm his wingman. And then Barry. Secret and, wingman. Yeah. And so Barry, Louis Ander, it was me and Louie Anderson. Louie Anderson was producing it. Barry, Barry and Lou were producing it. I was hosting it. And then I pitched it. And <laughs> Barry goes, I got a better idea. Hold on. One, if you don't – they don't know that you're the host and you are like the wingman. And Louie looks at me and he goes, did he just pitch your idea to you? <laughs> I said, I think so. And Barry goes, I like it. And, and Louie goes, I like it. And so we did it. And uh, it. Uh, and then Louie fired Barry and they never tried to sell it.
1: It's a good idea. Yeah. There's so many of those ideas that comedians have and they, again um, – That'd be a show that we could make. So we're getting enough money at all things comedy, yeah, to produce shows. We we're going to be talking about producing specials. We're gonna we're gonna do all of that, and also have full transparency. I did my show, my special, with a production company. I don't know how much was spent on X, and you know, it's like I know that it costs a lot of money. Yeah. But I know that Jay Larson just did his for forty grand. I know Felipe shot his own.
0: What what do they what do they shoot?
1: Just sizzles? No, the entire special. Oh, they shot their special. They shot their entire.
0: Oh, hour I know of how special. much my special cost. I but I, but I know how much mine cost. I know how much Seguros cost. And like because they shot them themselves. No, no, no. That was the budget that a production
1: company used. The pr- the budget. I know what the we all know what the budgets are. Yeah.
0: I want to know what it really costs. What it really costs. That's what I'm getting at. I, so what I did, I, I, I called High Noon, my production company, and that was doing Trip Flip, when I wanted to do a special. I had, an, I had an outstanding offer at Showtime. Gary Garfinkel had said, whenever you want to shoot your special. Gary Garfinkel did the coolest Hollywood thing. You know, Gary? No. I, uh, I think he's still at Showtime. I'm almost certain he is. He's in charge of the acquisitions. Is he? I think so. Um, Yeah. So... I'm in Montreal. This is my favorite. This is one of the like solid fucking Hollywood stories. I'm in Montreal t- 2 years ago, 3 years ago, maybe 3 years ago. I don't know. And I'm doing my hour for all the buyers. HBO, Netflix, um Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Yeah. They're all at the nest. I think I was at the nest, and they're all watching me run this do the, do my hour to see if they want to buy it. Uh, I'm nervous as shit, going, fuck, like, I don't, and Gary Garfinkel comes up to my green room with uh, two Jamesons, hands me one, and he goes, have a great show. I said, thanks. He goes, just, you know, I'll buy it. And I went, what? And he goes, I'll buy it. You don't even need to do the hour, i buy it. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, so there's no pressure. It's already been sold, so go and have a great show. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, fucking thank you dude that was the coolest thing what a sweet
1: fucking what it uh, just you don't hear about those great stories and good people like
0: there's the greatest yeah. fucking guy and i was like dude i was like you have no idea how big how monumental that is to me because now i get to have a great now i get to go out knowing that i get a seven point lead you know mm-hmm. and i you know i just gotta not fumble the ball it's Oh well, Showtime put out some really shitty comedy uh,
1: and has been associated with some really bad stand-up. But thanks to Sebastian, yeah, thanks to yourself, and I feel they're doing one well with Eric Griffin and Santina because of the "I'm dying up here" thing. I yeah. feel like I'm in really good company going into this. And like I say, I say I qu- I'll quit. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like it's not an idle threat. Like I <laughs> like like. like and please, some people are like listening, probably going, Yeah, uh, fucking quit. Like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? I'm going to walk away. I'll,
0: I'll pack your bags for you. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, um, it's good. You know, like I said, my other one was on Comedy Central, and Comedy Central airs this shit. Oh, on Friday night at midnight and then doesn't have any streaming option for you to watch it. They think they do, but it's not one anyone even knows about or is aware of. I had know, they h- don't put any money behind like, hey, Comedy yeah. Central streaming. You can watch all of these specials. There's no billboard that's ever existed for that. There's no marketing campaign. It's like you know what all these comedians have in common. They did a Comedy Central special and you can watch them all here for five bucks a month. They don't have any outreach like that. Yeah. So there's a ton of us that have done Comedy Central specials, which, again, my other one, Why is the Rabbit qu- Crying, showed up on every single top ten list for the year.
0: No one saw it. Yeah, no one saw mine. No <laughs> one. And if they did, do you want to know, that? Yeah, that's, that's it. Yep. You want to know the real irony? That I don't even know if there's irony, but the real fucking hilariousness of this? We all shot specials for Comedy Central at the same time. Me, Chris Titus, Bill Burr, and Pete Corielli. Okay, we all got the exact same note. Wear dark colored jeans with a dark colored shirt with a with a, with a with a uh, no way. And we all wore black shirts with dark jeans. All of us, we look identical. Hilarious. You're not you couldn't tell any of our specials apart, and and they were all shot in the exact same theater. So we're wearing the same outfit It's fucking. The only difference is I have some facial hair. Yeah. But it was like fucking. Well, was it's like,
1: not until Bill takes his business to Netflix and then um, other people start doing Netflix specials. That's why I. What's the next one going to be? What's the next thing going to be? Because it can't
0: like right Showtime's
1: now. Showtime's in a good spot. You know what, ideally the net, next thing is going to be is, well, you know, com- uh, All Things Comedy is going to start doing specials and then sell them to these other places. So, yeah. We're
0: going to do exactly what, you know. I'm shooting d- my next one in, I haven't, I guess I'm announcing this now, but uh, I'm shooting my next one in February in, oh, shit. Uh, at the Trocadero. That's a great spot to shoot in. Yeah. I'm, my grandmother's going to be 98. Yeah. And I was I'm going to have her uh bring me on stage. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh but yeah, i I've already uh, the, I got to figure out a couple more stories, but I'm uh-huh. doing the road so aggressively until then. It. Yeah. And I'm and I I'm not doing theater. I'm doing theaters in uh Australia, but I'm not doing the, Oh, by the way, I'm doing I'm doing a tour in Australia, everybody. Oh, that's awesome. And uh and so but I'm doing clubs cuz I want to keep doing I want to get it in road. Like I I, miss, I missed that when I was young, when, when I was hungry and I was like fucking on the road and I was due a weekend and you fucking really just, it's almost like you, when you do it a lot, yeah, you, you perfect it and you almost have like all the, instead of like you're a butcher and you've got every knife at your disposal. But when, you're just, when you're doing television and you're just doing stand up every now and then, it's like you go, oh, I got one knife. I know I got one knife that can cut. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope. But right now I'm like, I fucking, I did like 18 weeks in a row. And I fucking came out, like, with huge chunks, worked out, and I was like, "That this is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah, see, I don't, yeah,
1: I have the opposite of that. I have no, I have this special, and then I have no, I had a couple things drop in my lap, and she was like, oh, that could be a bit, that could be a bit. Yeah. But now I'm, like, all my efforts are concentrated on, like, writing
0: and this movie and producing this show. But, you're, like but that's, spent. I don't, I think you'd be bored just doing stand up. You're different than all of us. I've always said this, Tom and I have always said this. You're different than all of us because you can do what we all do, but you can also do a hundred other things. Well, that's why I sat with this guy, Jonathan Groff,
1: who is one of the executive producers of Blackish, and he was uh, the showrunner for Happy Endings at the time. Yeah. And I was telling him about my background. And I didn't even think twice about it, but now it's sort of coming back to me. Um, he goes, oh, dude, he goes, you're going to be a great showrunner. you could be a showrunner.
0: Oh, you would be a fantastic and showrunner. And
1: that's what's happening. And then I had this deal with CBS, and I go, I'd like to match up with one of your Latino showrunners, if possible. And he goes, there are no Latino showrunners. And I go, really? And he goes, that's what you are, man. And then got a phone call where somebody wants me to be that. And then I have this Comedy Central thing where I'm the creative or creator and executive producer. Yeah. And I am the showrunner. Um, yeah, that's starting to happen. And then also you get to stay. I get a huge amount of like satisfaction from writing jokes for other people yeah. and having them kill. Me and Kevin Christie watch Tim Allen come out of retirement. Yeah. They're in the Laugh Factory. And... He was working shit out. So this is a guy who used to be on the top of the top of the world, does all the Santa Claus movies, home improvement, hugely successful, goes on stage at the Laugh Factory, and people were thrilled to see him, but it wasn't good. Yeah. And he hadn't worked it out. So I walked up to his assistant, and then I talked to Tim, and I go, hey, do you mind? We could just watch that. I want to come tomorrow night, and I'm going to record and then I'm going to go back, and I go, just so we can do it. And I handed that fucker nine pages of jokes. Yeah. And I saw me and Kevin Chris high-fived because he got a standing ovation after his fucking set, and he got a huge applause break after one of our bits. And we were like, boom, fucking walked away. And he never, like, there was no compensation. Yeah. There was zero. I didn't expect it, didn't ask for it, didn't even think about it. And fucking handed the guy nine pages, and some of them were great, but it worked in with his all the premises that he had. Yeah, I took them and we just wrote them all out and just re- had bits for him, and then he um, killed it. Like I was so excited watching another dude fucking kill with my material. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, yeah. So I get a great. I, I, did, feeling I didn't. I standard. didn't like
0: it so much when I watched other dudes kill with my material. <laughs> <laughs> well. When you hand him the sheet of paper, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I would love. I, I, my problem is, I am so, I'm so, uh, I have a really hard time taking uh, advice from anyone else. Like, I, 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 I don't. It's, I like someone, someone just. So it was like I remember Tosh one time. It was like, hey man, uh, you should. I like that black chick. You always want to date a black chick, joke. You should you should keep that, but. I have a joke that I can't use that you should use to open it. Like I, I had a joke about I always wanted to date a black chick, and then I went through this scenario of what it would be like, like go to her house her brothers are working in the front yard, working out in the front yard with their glo- talks, Glocks, and their tax, and their Rottweilers and the pit bulls. One dude's in a wheelchair with a past fire, and then you're like, "Hey, fellas, is licorice here?" And and but Tosh is like, "You need to open it with." I've always wanted to date a black chick, just as long as she's never had sex with a black guy. <laughs>
1: That's and I was—it's such
0: a great joke, but I could never do it. I could never. Why? Because do it was it. his. Because he gave it to me, and I was like, and I was like, eh, I don't know. If, if I don't write it, I don't want to do it. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Like I'm like it's part of part of the thing is like when I do stand up, you're this is I'm showing you what I can do. Mm-hmm. That's me. This is everything is Burt Kreischer. Bert Kreischer did all of this. If it's hacky, it's because Bert Kreischer is a little hacky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll I'll never steal. I'll never. Borrow. I'll never. If I find a theme is treading on someone else's theme, I fucking bail on it. Oh,
1: this special fucking. I have a thing, and I don't really watch many standups. Yeah. And he came up to me afterwards, and we're really good friends. That's why it's like I'm buddies with this guy. I like him a lot. He's one of his Sebastian. Oh yeah. So Sebastian comes up to me, and I have this in my special, maybe twelve minutes of this yelp thing yeah. where i went to a restaurant i found a review afterwards like i talk about how my wife is obsessed with it but then i was going through and i was watching some of the ocean i was going on showtime seeing how mine would be listed yeah and then i had never seen any of Sebastian's specials before so i was like i'll just click on this yeah little nugget of exactly my yelp thing really and he comes up to me afterwards and this is me doing a set like seven months ago and he goes The Yelp thing's hilarious. How long you been doing that? And I didn't know. And I go, oh, Jesus, I've been carrying around this fucking material for four years. I'm like the worst. I don't do anything. I'm way too long. (laughs) Way too long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he goes, oh, okay. And I was, you know, we're again, we're friendly. And I thought he was just admiring a bit because a couple of people came up like I perfected it once I started working on it. Yeah. And again, it's 12 minutes. It's not. Like, I take the same nugget of a premise that the What's two the- of us thought of. Well, it's just Yelp. Like, not once have I ever thought to fucking log in after having a club sandwich. Like, I don't understand the oh, any the mentality of anybody who's reviewing anything. I really don't. If you're not a professional fucking you reviewer getting paid for it, I don't understand who's fucking taking the time out of their lives. To me, do anything. me. Shut the fuck I up. I
0: swear to God. You ready? I'll read you one of my reviews. For what? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta find.
1: You have so much shit going on. That is such a waste oh. of time. Unless you're using oh, this I as
0: a bit. Fucking no! I swear to God. So what I would do, I <laughs> my reviews aren't on here. I'm on it's on a different account. Um, For I food would, restaurants, a hundred percent. So we both. This is both of our joke. And I did this. I do this all the time. Can I tell you? Can I tell you that I believe I, when I watch, I, I watched Sebastian's the first one. I think the one that really popped for him. I yeah. watched it just sitting in the man cave one night. It came on, and I'm having a glass of wine, and I'm like, "Oh, this shit's fucking funny." I don't, and I don't think we I always loved him. Yeah. dude.
1: we in the back of the comedy store. Me, Maz Gibrani, and uh, Steve easy. I remember. I, was, I just was hanging out with Moz the other day. He's great. What I just one of was my good, good friends. So we would drink, and we would be, this is like 2005, 2004, yeah. and we'd watch Sebastian and fucking be hunched over laughing. And again, this is a comedy store. There's 12 people in the audience. Yeah. We're drunk, and it's late, and yeah. it's like, dude, he would has always killed me. I think he's fucking one of the best stand-ups yeah. that's ever been. Like, he just, I love it all. Which, by the way, I keep meaning to give him shit. When I see him, because he had a baby bash. Do you know about this? No. Because he does this whole thing. Aren't you embarrassed? Yes. He had a baby bash where all the guys dressed up as in onesies, and they had, like, a baby party where they all dressed as babies. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and this is one of the first things I was like... Holy fuck. Like, yeah. aren't you fucking embarrassed? Like, <laughs>
0: fucking, like fucking, one of the things where I was like, dude, are you so serious? I watched Sebastian's special and I said he, when he goes, Who are these people? I, I I sat in my man cave and I go, me. I everything that he drives him nuts about people, I do all the time. Like I do who are these people that take their shirt off at a game? I'm like, Me? Yeah. Definitely me. Like, um, so I write I write Yelp reviews. <clears throat> but they're extensive. So like – Yeah, that's the thing I can't I get, understand people wasting their time. I, I just don't get I it. Got, uh, I, I got – I. you have a following? No, no. I just – I do it for fun for me. So I do it – I would get BLTs everywhere. When I was on the road for a travel channel, I'd get BLTs everywhere I go and I'd review the BLTs. A very simple sandwich, but I would leave like a fucking three paragraph review on their BLT. Too much mayonnaise, and like, oh, the the bacon feels like it was sourced at from a New Zealand farm just outside Queensland. That's how good this bit. Like, I would just on and on and I would have so much fun but I can't find them on my fucking thing it must be on a different account but yeah I used to write revolt. I haven't written a Yelp review in a long <laughs> so time so
1: both the same bit that we had was like why don't you just walk up to the manager and go hey this place fucking this restaurant is disgusting yeah. I, I walked out to, I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings with my family my son said that's where he wanted to go on his birthday this is two years ago Oh my god! And we go to a Buffalo Wild Wings it's just the worst service worst experience gross people next to us and I'm yeah. not some snob we were just like I've been to plenty of Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I'm, I not, like I'm it. not a snob. <laughs> this one was a bad one. We went the one we went to in Pasadena, oh. on I believe it's on Raymond, was a bad. It was a bad fucking Wild Wings. I wrote, so, I wrote a review of a Buffalo
0: Wild Wings one time.
1: Keep and, going. And I look. I walked up to the manager and I go, Hey. This place is a fucking mess. I got a waitress is slow and she's an asshole. Yeah, and I go, fucking f- everything about this place sucks. Yeah, and you're over here chit chatting. Yep. Just so you know, I went and I just walked away. And again, that's the whole thing. It's like ten seconds.
0: There's my review right to your fucking yeah. face. Well, I did. I a long time ago, I was in Baltimore and I was right. I was staying downtown, and I walked to this restaurant. It's, I forget the name of the place. I go to the restaurant. It's mid afternoon. I get a beer. And, uh, and I have to order a sandwich. I asked him, I said, what's the best thing you got? And he says, I don't know, man. And I go, okay. I said, is anything good? And he goes, I don't know, man. Look at the menu. So I'm like, Pff. fuck so look you. At the, so I look at the menu, and I say, I think I was trying to be healthy. Right I said, how's the turkey thing? It's good. It was so bad that I wrote a R- Yelp review. I was like, personally, I would never attend this place ever the the bartender was a dick. The sandwich was horrible, and I put it on Yelp. And then I said, I was, I was doing Rogan, and I said, yeah, I, uh, I, I've given a bad Yelp review. I gave it on this place in Baltimore. And the fucking dude contacted me. The manager contacted me. I, that's the other thing is if you put up bad reviews, they fucking, they. They tried to like reply. and They reply. Right, yeah, and the yeah, guy yeah. reached out to me. He fucking emailed me what'd he say he was, like, he was like hey man I'm sorry you had a, I'm sorry I had a bad thing but you can't do that to my business you're destroying my business you just went on the biggest podcast in the world and talked shit about my place I got people in Baltimore listening to Rogan are coming down to my fucking restaurant telling me that, that we were dicks to the machine and he was like and now I'm looking and everyone's replying to your Yelp review I mean could you please take it down and I was like Hold on, your fucking service was bad. This is how it works. And then I was like, fuck. I go, I don't want this energy. I don't, so I took it down, and I was yeah. like, I go, I'm sorry, bro. But like, yeah, I, I no, definitely. you don't want to shut down a business. You don't like, want to shut down a business. But they don't also realize, like,
1: you know, if you're, that's what could brings us also back to fucking, If you that waiter or bartender was miserable, man.
0: Yeah. That's not what they should be doing. Oh, our and, waitress in Calgary, I land, and Scott picks me up. We go to this re- restaurant to go eat dinner, because it's like late. Our waitress goes, she sits, sits, sit, we sit down and she goes, ugh, do you guys, ugh, you guys really going to sit and have dinner now? And we're like, excuse me? She's like, I was just about to be get cut and now I got to wait on you guys. <laughs> I, I was
1: blown the fuck away. Hey, do you know this is about Calgary? I was there with Tosh. Yeah. I've never seen more single, lonely men walking around <laughs> by themselves in my entire life.
0: There's a well. At my show, there are
1: a lot of those.
0: <laughs> I was looking at. it I was like, "What the
1: fuck is this?" I go, do you see all these guys just walking around, and they yeah. weren't homeless either. Yeah,
0: it was like just a shopping bag. <laughs> I I wanted to do a video because I was down by the by the Prince Island, I think, and everyone was jogging, and I was like, "Well, I think Canadians jog different than Americans because I my theory is." There's a, a comic Robert Vitrice, who's a boxer, who I was a friend of mine, and we, and one day he said to me, "Do you think cavemen jogged the way we jog, or do you think they ran differently?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, our jog is based on watching black people run." <laughs> Like his boss, I saw on basketball, like you see him jog down the court. So we jog cooler. You jog cooler. And I was like, I, I was thinking of that there. I wouldn't tell this us the jokes. It's kind of Robert's joke, but they jog uh, like jazzercise. They jog hall. weird. Canadians jog a little different than us. And I think it's because they don't have a ton of black people. Yeah. yeah like, and because and, our, our run is based off of our sports. We watch our sports. That's mm-hmm. how I learned. We're not running as a kid. Is I watched. I watched fucking. The you run Billy like, White you shoes look like you know how to run. Yeah. I run like I look like I know how to run. Yeah. Right. It's exactly what it is,
1: and uh, that's you attribute that to watching a lot of people, like, black guys play sports. Yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah, That's I, a good runner. Right yeah, there I know how it looks.
0: Yeah, Ricky I, uh, Bell. What's that? Ricky Bell. Sure, Ricky Bell. I used to watch him run, and that's how now, I now. Who is your um, NFL team? Bucks. It was for a long time. Now, but then, now, you, you switched to Rams, huh? Yeah.
1: I well, see you at these Rams games, and I see you wearing this jazz hat.
0: Yeah. Well, the jazz hats because I have a big head. So like when I go to well
1: no you're just wearing a you need you know, go uh, flex fit is the brand no 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 no. no, no they do no, no, get no, a no, large no, flex no, fit no,
0: no 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 you have no idea how big my head is just put it on for a second what size is just this? put it on just put it on just watch yourself Fuck like it. a little bull- yeah. cancer boy <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: cancer boy I, what Dang.
0: happens is fans will know that I'm coming to a place fitted eight yeah well I'm seven and three eighths I'm an eight. Like a legit eight. And so I fans will come to the shows. Snug fans will come to the shows with their minor league baseball team as a size eight. I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. This dude did it in San Diego. He brought me an old school Padres hat. It's one of my favorite hats ever. I wear it all the fucking time.
1: Got it. I'm a crazy person that won't go to Seattle because that's how much I hate the Seahawks. I got an audition for a movie later this afternoon, and I'm not thinking about going because the character rocks a Seahawks jersey. Really? Fuck the Seahawks <laughs> Fuck all you Seahawk fans with your fucking face paint. You all look like Kurt Warner's wife. The fucking, <laughs> you, you just, had yeah, face paint, 12th man shit that you stole from Texas A&M. You should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> fucking, uh, seriously, Pete Carroll and his plastic surgery pieces of shit. I <laughs> see I'm not going go there. Oh, Seattle's such a good it.
0: market for stand-up, too. Yeah, I know.
1: I'm fucking not going back. <laughs> Ever. And now again, I know I'm not missed. <laughs> so, I'm not I'm not missed. missed. Yeah, <laughs> so fucking fuck you too. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I just hate it. I hate Seattle. I'm so passionate about hatred for teams that. I went to a Dallas Cowboys game at the 49ers are shit right now. We're all looking like we have a chance because we have Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, but, and we're definitely me and Soder and like a bunch of these guys. We're very excited about the prospect of us getting better because we're a horrible, horrible team that is on the rebound. We've had great days, whatever. But I went to a Dallas Cowboys game and I told my buddy, who works in management there? It was one of the worst sports experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Why? Because I went and I was in the parking lot, and my son was throwing a football with his cousin, and some fat, fucking, overweight Mexican guy in a uh, you know, Irvin jersey, eighty eight fucking waddles yeah. up. This your fucking kid, bro? Like that, and, like, kids, the car, it was hitting, the ball was, like, you know, the bad pass. It would yeah. roll into somebody's bumper, and it was, you're playing foot catch with a football in a football stadium parking lot. Yeah. This is not new. Yeah. Right? It's what's done. And you, you tell your fucking kid, bro, fuck it, like that. And my son and my little, little nephew were there, and I was so pissed. And I was—I walk back, and I go, "Kids, you stay here." And I go, "I need every guy at this tailgate to come with me right now. Every single one of them." Yeah. So fifteen dudes walk back to the guy, and I go, "Okay, let's have this conversation one more time." Now that the kids aren't (laughs) around, let's talk about this again. You fucking asshole. Yeah. And I get real brave when there's a lot of other guys who can kick some ass. (laughs) We all do. We all do. (laughs) You know, one of my buddies, uh, who's that guy, Tito Ortiz? Yeah. Yeah, well, this kid that we hang out with who's there, uh, was a wrestler, wrestled him and kicked his ass in high school. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. This kid, uh, Joey Oliveira, was just a fucking badass in high school. He was a badass high school wrestler.
0: That's uh, why I can never be around MMA guys because I would always be fucking brave as shit. Oh, do you know Joe Bartnick? Yeah. So, that's fucking like, my first comedy fights. I was.
1: Uh, Hanging out backstage, and me and Joe, I picked him up. We're open micers. We are in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. He's from up there. Yeah, so Joe Bartnick is standing in the back. We're going to go do something afterwards, and I'm, I'm in my uh, take-off-a-tie. I'm going to go to work every day, but yeah. take-off-a-tie, go sit backstage, and I'm with this black guy from Oakland named Hatch. And then another com yeah, Hatch, his catchphrase was, my shit's funny. And so me and Hatch are backstage, we're buddies, and he goes up and does a set, and then he comes back, and it's just a curtain in the stage. Yeah. And then this guy who's like a spoken word dude from uh, Benicia goes up, and he starts, we we're just talking to each other, me and Hatch, and we overhear, fuck Hatch. Uh, something about Hatch's mom. He's incorporating it into his uh, like comedy poetry shit, and then he says something else. I go, "Are you listening to this?" And I go, "I have a beer. I'm drinking in a uh, glass." And I go, "Fuck this!" I go, "Let's go kick this guy's ass." <laughs> Let's go So he's on stage doing a set. Yeah, I pop out behind the curtain and I take the microphone out of his hand. I go fucking throw it down. I go shows over, motherfucker, like that. I go kick this guy's ass. (laughs) And we fucking, I grab him and I push him up against the wall. All his friends go up. Hatch comes up, slaps the fucking beer out of his hand. We got this guy up against the wall, and I go, I don't know what the fuck you were doing up there, like that. But you never come back to fucking uh, the city and think you can do fucking stand up here again. Like that. Yeah. And I go, get the fuck out of here like that. And I I was so brave because Joe Bartnick's six foot five. Yeah. <laughs> standing in the He's back in of the room.
0: Catcher's mitts go, for hands. Yeah,
1: I know if anything really goes down. Yeah. But, you know, I'm so fucking crazy. I really feel like if there was a fight that I would be fine. You know, I guess
0: yeah. you not fighting a professional, but, you know, uh, it's. Uh, That's my you know, big fear is that you start a fight and then like, yeah, I had it's, Mickey it's, Gall in here. You know, Mickey Gall? uh uh-uh. he's uh the guy that beat cm punk oh, Jesus. i had him in here he comes over and he was he was talking i I haven't released a podcast yet i'll release it in, i think next week i gotta find it um but he was saying he got into a bar fight and he was like he was like there's a moment oh no it, there's a moment where he gets on top of the guy and the guy tries to do something he's like oh i know it he's like he's a, he's a pro fighter so he's like oh this guy's Foxville, and he's like just like the guy tries to pull guard or do something and the best one ever is oh Mickey will tell that one. The best one ever is uh you ever hear the story about Rogan and Tate? Mm mm. Oh, this is my this is one of my favorite fucking stories. I don't know why I enjoy it so much. I love Tate. Love Tate's doing stand up now. Really? Yep, Tate's doing stand up. Tate's a good guy. Like yeah. Yeah, love I
1: love Tate. Like, he's like uh he came to the all things comedy
0: open house. Yeah. Yeah, he was there he was just he uh, so they go Tate and Joe are have a connecting rooms. They're, they're you you know walk through the door. Yeah. So, they're down at the bar and there's this dickhead walking around with his shirt off in Vegas and he's just fucking start. He's going up to people and picking fights, like trying to pick a fight. How is that allowed? Like, why isn't
1: security on him? Exactly. Like.
0: So Tate and Joe see this and they're like, whatever. Fuck that guy. They get a, they're they like, we don't want any part of this. They get out of here, there. They go up to the room. When they get up to Joe's room, the guy's trying to get into Joe's room. He's trying to use his key to get into his room. And Joe says, hey, man, that's my room. And the guy's like, no, it's not. And he goes, yeah, it is. Tate goes to his room and opens his door, like waits for Joe, but opens his door. And he goes, no, it is my room. And he goes, no, it's not. Fuck you. And then Joe takes his key and he opens the door and he goes, see, this is my room. And the guy's like... And Joe walks in, the guy goes, don't fucking walk away from me, bitch. And he's like, and Joe just shuts his door. And then he starts banging on fucking Joe's door. Tate comes into Joe's room and Joe's like, what are we going to do? And Tate's like, let's fuck this guy up. So he Tate goes outside. By the way, I'm fucking the story up, Tate. If, if it's different, I apologize. Tate goes out <laughs> of his room and goes, hey, buddy. And the guy takes a swing at Tate. Tate's a pro fighter. So he's like, oh, I got this. At this moment, security's coming up with his with his friends. The security guards are coming up the elevator with his friends coming out the elevator. Joe goes out his door, they fucking go at it, they end on the ground. they land on the ground. Joe- Tate puts him in a oma like a fucking move, and the security guard goes Guys, break it up. And Joe goes, Give him one second. He's a professional mixed martial artist. He's just gonna put the guy to sleep. And the Guy goes, What? And Date fucking chokes him out and he goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and his friends are like, What? What? Like Joe he's just, like he's calling the fight. Don't worry, he's a professional mixed martial artist. He's just gonna put him to sleep. And the guy's like, huh? <laughs> Oh, it's my That's
1: favorite. Great. I love that story. That's awesome. Yeah, you don't know your fight. And also, like I don't, I, again, it's like this, like, where I see gross injustice. Like, I see somebody, like, if I see somebody hitting a woman or something like that, I'm coming in. Like, I don't care who the fuck they are. I'm flying in. Like, I just, I can't help it. I just, it's always what I've always done. Like, I, I will see anything. I saw, again, had seen some crazy shit. Like, I'll go flying. I saw a big fucking fight. In a safe way. So homeless in, in San Francisco doing the punchline. And this black guy walks in. He's got a backpack. I sort of see him. Shay, there's a couple security guards standing around. I'm going to get some shit from my hotel room. And I'm walking around. And I see this guy. They're trying to squirt this guy out. He's got a backpack. He was shoplifting. Yeah. Trying to shoplift. And the guy turns around, whips off. Full-on fight where the guy picks the homeless guy up, throws him onto the big display of strawberries. They're in the middle of all the berries, you know, in that big oh, island f- in the yeah, produce yeah, section. Yeah, 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 So in the produce section, it's just a fucking st- full-on strawberry fight. Like, just <laughs> sure. pe- like people are – they're into the flowers. You know how they have the whole flower section near yeah. the produce? F- go flying into that. And then I go and I see this, and no, everyone's just standing around. A couple of people pick up their phones and start filming. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck this!" And I go up to the fight, and I in the deepest loud. I'm loud. You know, I can get really loud. Yeah. And I go, I go. It's over. Stop. Yeah. Stop now. Stop now. And they both just look up at me mid brawl, and stop. Yeah. And fucking, like, and I was on top of them, and, uh, like, really authoritative shit. And uh, yeah. then, you know, it fully stopped. It was crazy. It was just I told two people to stop fighting. <laughs> Enough! Enough! Right now! Holy <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I wish I could put a guy to sleep. And <laughs> then um, this guy walks in he goes, holy shit, that was fucking crazy. Are you Al Madrigal? <laughs> hey, <come laughs> I am. I am I no uh, I can't help but get involved when I see something. If I and and then like if there's
0: shit going on, I will mix it up like Yeah. That. I I have I do have a I have a thing where I can't come back from it. Like if I I I've been feeling helpless lately. So when I see helplessness happen, I can't stop it. I can't fucking stop it. Like I when I see someone taking advantage of someone, I fuck, it fucking it makes me insane. Oh, I have to, something exactly that on my mind about well, that. And I can't. Share I did it. something. This is going to bring us full again. I keep saying this
1: a million times, but we have so many different tangents that we're coming back to, and this is a tangent that brings us back to the special. In the special called "Shrimp and Easy," yeah. I tell the shrimp revenge story. You told me that. You told me that a long time ago. I think right when it happened, I told John Hodgman from The Daily Show, and he goes, "Are you doing that as a bit?" And I go, no, because I really did it. I don't want to be liable. He goes, comedian sued for shrimping is the best (laughs) article, headline, and press you could ever have. So just hope that the lady comes after you." you. Hopefully you watch the special and it goes into what the seafood revenge sort of story is. But I flipped out. At my daughter's day in studio, and this is what I did, and that's what the special is called. And so I'm hoping people watch it. It's May 5th. It goes on Showtime, and then it's streaming, like you said, and then I'll get a Vietnamese
0: guy. Yeah, listen, we've done like two hours. We should probably wrap yeah. this up. The uh, It's on Saturday night, Friday night? Friday night, May 5th. It at comes 10 p.m.? At,
1: uh, yeah, I think 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Or, yeah, there's people, and also there's a code.
0: Did they give you a code for a free half hour of Showtime with yours? Yes. Oh, you know what they... No, you know what they did? You can download the the Showtime app and get a free trial. Dude, you guys got to do this. Uh, Yeah, if you haven't done it for
1: Bird Special, now you get to do that. You get to watch my special, Bird Special. Did they give you a code so you get free
0: Showtime? I think they're
1: giving me a code. I haven't... I get it this week. And, um... Yeah. That's, uh... That's it. Oh, what are you doing? Are you on the road this weekend, May 5th and 6th? Yeah. Okay. Why? What are you doing? I just got, I'm doing the Ice House with Ren is Easy. I was wondering if you wanted to join.
0: No, I'm at the Cincinnati Funny Bone. Oh, cool. Yeah, the 5th and, or the Liberty Township Funny Bone. And uh, And then, yeah, that's it.
1: All right, well, uh, I'm dying up here, and I hope people watch the special. And uh, it's no threat with all this stuff. Like again, nobody cares, but I hope you enjoy the special. <laughs> 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 hey, that's what this The special should have been called it's "Nobody Fucking." cares. Hey, when's
0: cared. our All Things Comedy uh, website going to be up?
1: Um, probably. We've had to put it off a little bit, but definitely by like late summer. All new website, all new. Like it's just going to be amazing. It should be the one spot you go to for all things comedy calendar sections with all of our comics on tour and just really building it out and giving you guys access that nobody else
0: has. I want to give you, I want to give just so you have a ton of stuff. I have a bunch of those vlogs. I'll give you all those vlogs. You just, Oh yeah. 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 I need all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I got
1: to tell you about something else off air that I can't announce. It's super fucking exciting. So a lot of great stuff happening for ATC, but thanks. Uh, if you're listening to this point and you just listened to this two hour podcast, you're the
0: reason why we're able to make all this happen, so thank you. Uh, yeah, if you're yes, listening to this point right now, we should. Right now is when we should talk shit about comics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just keep it a secret. Don't fucking tweet. Yeah. Don't also don't be a shit disturber. Yeah, when you hear somebody open up, don't go. Hey, they were twinking. Twinkin twinkin'. <laughs> Did you hear? This is the they are, so-and-so said this about you Don't be a
0: little fucking rat Although I do love when they're like, hey man, just give me a heads up Someone talks shit about you And yeah. they give me a DM, I'm like, really? A DM is great Yeah, yeah, don't and put it out like, it yeah. to the world And yeah. Fucking like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit I, I get... talk a lot of shit yeah. All
1: right. All right. All right. All right.